0: Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we, year by year, explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded your lives. I am your host, the sometimes lovable, always correct Dr. Rod. And I am joined by.
1: A friend, Jess. <laughs> I thought
0: you were going to be Angel of the Night.
1: No! It's going to be a friend!
0: Okay. Hey, welcome. Uh, this is a very special Saturday morning edition of Media Made. Yeah. We're recording uh, on a Saturday morning when we typically record in the afternoon. And then late into For, the night. Late
1: into the night. Yeah. Late into the angel of the night.
0: Well, you see, we wanted to do it in at the daybreak so that no, no creepy monsters could come to life and scare
1: us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what it
0: was. <laughs> anyway, hey, if you're new to the show, let me explain what we've done. Uh, this is a TV episode. We're going to be talking about television shows from 1994. We've gone through a list of every TV show that debuted in 1994. American shows, Japanese shows... British Canadian. We went through them all, and we decided which show each of us had watched the most of. Um, whether it be you know from start to finish, we watched the most episodes. Whatever it was, these are the shows that Jess and I have seen the most from 1994.
1: As individuals,
0: as individuals, and we're gonna talk about them today uh, because you know TV shows make who you are as a person sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> the the, the, the sh- Jess's show in particular had a you know quite a an awakening for a lot of young
1: <laughs> young people. <laughs> You know, they realize, oh, yes, I am into that. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I don't have a word for that yet, but I'm into it. Yep.
0: Um, And I guess that, you know, it's as good as introduction (laughs) as any to jump into Just a Show of 1994. Debuting October 24th, 1994, just in time for Halloween. In first run syndication as part of the Disney Afternoon, created by Greg Weissman, among others. Featuring the voice talents of Tom Adcox Hernandez, Bridget Baco, Jeff Bennett, Bill Fagerback, Jonathan Frakes, Sally Richardson, Marina Sirtis, Frank Welker, Ed Asner, and Keith David. We have Gargoyles.
2: One thousand years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of Gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now, here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again! Defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. Why didn't you introduce yourself as
0: defender of the night, Jess?
1: Do I defend in the night? Or do I attack in the night?
0: <laughs> do you you defend from scary dreams?
1: No, no, no. I attack with I, cuddles.
0: I was going to say, like, I hope that, uh, that theme song brought back memories for pe- many people. Because I, I, I'm sure a lot of people are nostalgic for that theme song. Yeah, just just the way the way it you know comes in and everything. Like even I recognize that theme song and I didn't watch the show very much.
1: But... <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, yes.
0: Yeah, uh, that the theme sweep, song.
1: Sweeping gothic sounds.
0: Yeah, ripping off Batman <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, but
1: they are Batman.
0: Th- speaking of Batman, the the music for Gargoyles, the whole everything from the theme song to the the normal score. Was composed by Carl Johnson, who worked on shows like Animaniacs and Batman, in ba- the animated series. So, yep, they knew they wanted a Batman sound, and mm-hmm. he gave it to them. So, tell us what, why, why is Gargoyles your show?
1: Because Goliath was hot. <laughs> Were you attracted to Goliath? Yes. Oh dear. It was more the voice and the like gentleman qualities than the overall, you know, look. The wings, but he grows on you.
0: The claws. It grows the on tail.
1: you. It grows on you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> don't yuck my yum. No. But um I don't know. I think even when we when we rewatched it, we were so surprised by how it started. I was like, how did this hook kids? It's amazing. It is amazing. Like just yeah. immediately you're like, yes, I'm in this, but like we'll talk about it and we're just like Why, as a kid, did I like watch this first episode and keep going? Like, this doesn't seem like something, but it's just a well written show and it's got like a lot of interesting plot lines and stuff.
0: Super ambitious, you know? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of serialized entertainment for children. I feel like network executives don't give kids enough credit. They're like, "Ah, kids don't want to watch a show where they have to keep coming back every night, you know, or every day to to watch the next episode. If they miss an episode, they'll never come back. But it's like, like, who, they will. That that's a hook for people.
1: Yeah, I at like, least definitely in this. Like it's better now in yeah, the era yes. we're currently living in. But
0: in the nineties, it was crapshoot. You know, yeah. like I liked watching anime because it was serialized. But then you know your WBS or whatever would cut up Card capture Sakura and. You didn't watch anime. I watched. We had po- this
1: conversation watched, in Yu Yu Hakusho. I watched
0: Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, and that was anime, and it was serialized, and I enjoyed it. It is anime. It is and it was serialized.
1: I won't fight. <laughs> I won't fight it.
0: But then other TV shows were, you know, aired out of order. You know, the origin happened after the debut. It was just weird. And yeah. it's like, no, no, that's a turnoff for me as a kid. Yeah. So I would have been so down with Gargoyles if I had watched had it. Had you known? Well, the thing the funny thing is m- most of the Disney afternoon shows also aired on the Disney channel in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. This one did not.
3: Mm.
4: So
0: I missed it completely because my like my TV habits were to watch cable. I didn't watch network TV. I wasn't watching syndication like syndicated TV shows. And if I was watching a network show in the afternoon, it was either Fox or WB. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this show did not air on those channels, so right. That is why I didn't watch. Well, sad
1: on. that you missed it. It's great.
0: I do like think back like this era of the Disney afternoon. This and. Quack Pack and the uh, Mighty Ducks show. Um,
1: Why do you like cartoons with ducks? No, no, Can hold we on, have hold a on, discussion about this? I didn't
0: watch that. I'm saying these were shows where it was like the shows that debuted right before I started watching kind of, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's like they were still airing to an extent and they were being promoted and advertised, but I didn't watch them. But I remember like watching... Like Disney tapes or whatever, right? And these being advertised. So it's like, I have nostalgia for the promotional material for gargoyles more than the show itself.
1: Okay, that's so strange. Isn't but it? I'll give it. I'll give it to you.
0: Blame commercialism.
1: I want a gargoyle's tea. I want that big, that that like iconic gargoyle with like Goliath and the big pale orange moon and he's sitting in the thinking man's pose and stone on the top of Castle yeah. Raven. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
0: so we like that that introduction that I played, like more or less introduced the show. But is there anything you want to add to to Goliath's introduction, or do you think he uh, he hand, he he had all the bases covered?
1: No, he 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 covered all the bases. I think that he told you what this show was about, and he knows the best.
0: It is about ancient gargoyles who uh, have who li- fell
1: asleep, and but now we live again.
0: <laughs> they they've been inert as stone. Uh, Statues for a thousand years, and they've woken up in modern day 1994 (laughs) New York, (laughs) New York City. So it's ancient gargoyles that exist now in New York City, and they solve crimes and fight monsters, get into adventures. Yeah. In the nighttime.
1: In the nighttime. It's. It's quite a show. We can let's dive. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. What, the, let, what the let, episode was let, about? Let, well, let,
0: no. Let me talk about how the show was made. Okay. Because uh, you know. No, I
1: don't want to. We're out of order. It's Saturday morning. It's we more, do things willy nilly. It's
0: more of our patented Disney animation uh, history section. Oh gosh. <laughs> We're to talk about all of our, all of your your favorite Disney executive characters. They're here again.
1: All right, kids, you listen to him. I'm going to be on TikTok.
0: Okay, so um, this really does, like, carry on from, we've talked about DuckTales in 87. We talked uh, Winnie the Pooh in 88. We talked Duck DuckTales again in 1990 movies.
1: I'm just realizing this is why we have a rubber duck that we, should, we travel with. You like ducks. <laughs> you like ducks. Maybe, I don't know. Admit it.
0: <laughs> duck but um and then we've talked about like almost every disney animated feature film since like 1991 or whatever. So like if you want a, a if you want like the full range of disney history, go back and listen to some of our disney episodes. But yeah. Uh let's jump in. So Gargoyles, bears no creator credit as there were several people who were responsible for the show's format. And also disney is just a jerk. I feel like you owe your creators creator credits, okay? If you don't want to pay them, You know, that's your problem.
1: (laughs) Shows need creator credits if it was created by a person. I mean, it's also their problem. I need to be paid for my work. Yeah. It costs that much because it takes me hours. I'm just
0: saying, Disney did not uh, respect their creators enough, I guess. Anyway, however, executive and later writer Greg Weissman can be described as one of the creators and one of the leading creative voices on the show. Like Weissman, in the years since Gargoyle was taken off the air um has become the voice for like the making of gargoyles. Like he was like the authority, right? Fans like in the old, there there are still fan sites that exist in archives um where they they basically had a running column where it was like ask Greg and they would like submit questions, they email Greg and then he'd answer those questions and they would be posted on the fan site.
1: Good man, Greg. So
0: yeah, he he is like in touch with the Gargoyles fandom. He's the guy. The Gargoyles guy. We can call him Greg Gargoyles (laughs) Weissman. Weissman, who had worked at the editorial department at DC Comics in the 80s, joined Disney in 1989 as a development executive. Basically, he and his team helped develop and pitch TV shows. That was his job. They were the pitchmen. Early in his tenure at Disney, Weissman and his team successfully pitched a Roger Rabbit-inspired series for Disney television called... Bonkers. You got it.
1: Hey! <laughs>
0: that show debuted as part of the Disney Afternoon in 1993. He also... If you ask Greg, there's a lot of Bonkers information. So if you're a fan <laughs> of Bonkers, <laughs> Wiseman's your guy. Um, at the time, Wiseman, Disney television president Gary Crystal, and Disney studio chief and Petty A-hole Jeffrey Katzenberg lamented the fact that every Disney Afternoon show up to that point had been a, quote, funny animal show.
1: I mean... True.
0: Right. So, Wiseman and his team decided to pitch a comedy adventure series about a team of gargoyles to Disney CEO Michael Eisner. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> comedy. Yes. But where
0: the first the first pitch they 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 were still trying to keep it in line with the Disney Afternoon. So your goof troops and your bonkers. Make it an adventure show like Tailspin or Ducktales, but make it a comedy in the same vein, right?
1: I could not imagine.
0: So th- it was. I was reading some of the descriptions of this early pitch, and it was like Goliath was not there. It was like a team of like, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If you take out Goliath, then I the rest of them are very goofy.
0: Yeah, just imagine the like team of goofy gargoyles, like you know, getting into weird adventures in New York. I guess and like
1: Lexington and yeah.
0: And I guess Weisman like, wanted to do gargoyles because he had a childhood fascination with gargoyles as a kid. Like, you know, just the stone gothic gargoyles you see on old churches and things. Um, and he also, like, members of the team also had a fascination with, like, old folklore, Shakespeare. And, you know, so they just wanted to infuse all of those elements into this different kind of show that didn't start Funny Animals.
1: And they did, honestly. Like, there's so much. I'm pro- You're probably going to go over the history, but yeah, there's definitely, like, Shakespearean and authorian legends in there. Yep. There's uh, Avalon talk. There's so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said much like that. There's so much.
0: Emboldened by the success of Warner Brothers' Batman the Animated Series, uh, Wiseman's team transformed the concept into an edgy, serialized, animated action drama with a rich love and backstory. So, it was, like, over time, the comedy just became this, like, super edgy 90s dark show. Mostly because, hey, it's like, Batman was a success. Why can't we just do the same? Because Batman, like, there was a bit of humor in there, but Batman is pretty serious. And, like, so different from any other show on TV for kids.
1: I agree. And also, I feel like this is the only time I would, like, hear the word edgy and think of it as a compliment. Like gargoyles is an edgy show this is 90s is ed- an edgy cartoon and i'm like yeah and i i don't mean that as a backhanded like
0: this is this is like early like mid 90s edge once it reaches like pin you know the the pinnacle in the late 90s early 2000s edge that's what it's just like too much too edgy 2000s core <laughs> where it's like you know your batman beyond is like so edgy that it's almost cringy like it become it becomes a, a different version of camp <laughs> i'm am t- thinking like freaking uh, Wesley snipes uh is blade that is like some camp that's very edge. campy it's campy but edgy <laughs> it's weird the 2000s were were quite a strange time early early 2000s <laughs> there late were 90s a time. There were you time.
1: think you think you're living through something amazing in a pandemic you should have lived through the early 2000s <laughs>
0: <laughs> gosh so michael Eisner... Passed on the concept, like, twice. He passed on the the comedy adventure series, right? Right. Feeling like it just didn't work, right? And then they transformed it again into this more dark series, and he passed on that, too. And they were like, crap, well, what do we do? The show's done. You know, this, this, this show will never work. Clearly, mm. Disney doesn't want to make this show. But Mr. Katzenberg secretly stepped in to encourage Weissman's team to continue working on it. Because Katzenberg, in a, you know in a rare case where he's the good guy, <laughs> said, no, I I support this show. We can make it this work.
1: We can't always be the bad guy. we got to be well-rounded.
0: Yes. Uh, we'll see how we feel about him at the end of the show.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: after two years in development and a complete refocus on the eventual main character, Goliath, Eisner finally approved Gargoyles. So the big change was Beauty and the Beast had been a huge hit for Disney, oh. right? So... They basically said, "Let's take the gargoyles concept and n- merge it with a Beauty and the Beast style story, yeah, character." So you got Goliath, who is this big stoic beast, yeah, and a pretty uh, New York detective woman who's the beauty who
1: sees beyond it,
0: right? And so that element is what got Eisner on board.
1: Disney really wanted to just
0: this show was shoot. a thir- this show was a thirst trap. <laughs>
1: I was like, Disney, I was like saying that, like, in this era was Disney just saying like, yeah, we can make furries a thing. Like, that's what Disney <laughs> yeah. did. And I was like, Disney, you did it. And yeah, I, It's
0: done. Eisner, that was the thing. That was the thing that pushed him over the edge. He's like, yes, yes, this. Maybe <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> Eisner has some, some you know, yeah, he's he's got feelings.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm just, I mean, Goliath was hot. You did a thing. Yep. Good job. So, and I mean, there's the flip side of Demo. Is her name Demona? Yes, her name is Demona.
0: Which is a female, female gargoyle.
1: Yes. But that's why, but she has a a human name and that's why I always go like, "Ah, uh, anyway.
0: Uh, So Disney, through its Buena Vista television division, therefore ordered 13 episodes of the show. That was the compromise. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. Uh, Wiseman himself stepped into the producer role, even though he had never produced a show before and built a team of writers and producers, many of whom were poached from Batman the (laughs) Animated Series. They were like they wanted to just make a Batman style show. So who better than just take talent from the Batman I mean, show?
1: Not unfair.
0: In fact, season 1 of Gargoyles was written almost entirely by husband and wife team Michael Reeves and Bryn Chandler Reeves who wrote 12 of the 13 episodes. Both were fresh off of Batman.
1: Hey, you want to write an, a script for an animated series as a husband and wife team? We could. Yeah, we we like different things. <laughs> we like different things. It couldn't work. <laughs> We should try it. See what that amalgamation turns into. Turn into Gargoyles. Mm, I doubt it, but also maybe. <laughs> uh, the
0: first thirteen episodes of Gargoyles were delivered in 1994, and the show debuted as part of the Disney Afternoon alongside Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, and Aladdin. Uh, gargoyles actually only ran on Fridays. Oh. It was one of those things where, for the rest of the like, for the rest of the week, because there were only thirteen episodes, right? You. You run a gargoyles episode every day. You're going to be through that in three weeks. Yeah. So basically, Monday through Thursday, uh, the gargoyle slot was occupied by Bonkers and the Schnookums in Meat Funny cartoon. I'd never heard of that.
1: Spell the word after and.
0: Meat. M E A T. That's a sex thing. <laughs> Meat Funny cartoon show. Schnookums. And meat. I don't know, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Monday through Thursday, it was those shows. And then Friday was Gargoyles. So it kind of reminded me of like, folks talk about watching the Super Mario Super Show back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Monday through Thursday, it was a Mario cartoon. But Friday was a Zelda cartoon. Uh So Friday was like the good stuff. (laughs) You know, you get home from school on a Friday, school's out, right? It's the weekend. You're like, yeah, I'm going to get home. I'm going to eat a bowl of cereal and I'm going to watch Gargoyles on Friday.
1: Okay, I thought you were referring to Zelda cartoons no. as the good stuff. And I was like, I have ne- I, I, from,
0: <laughs> I did, Granted, I did not watch those shows because I'm too young. But I have heard reports from people who did. And they said they looked forward to Fridays because the Zelda cartoon was better than the Mario cartoon.
1: But I always hear people talking about how bad the voice acting is. It are. is
0: bad, but it's better than the Mario show.
1: Okay, well, that's Because nice, t- t- I only ever hear complaints of, like, Link talks. That is not the voice of.
0: Excuse me, princess. (laughs) The (laughs) I just like that is better than like Toad in the Mario show. (laughs) Toad, he talks with a high pitched voice, but he's Italian.
1: (laughs) Mario. Oh dear. (laughs) Let's go to Lake Spaghetti Sauce. (laughs) Changing your ringtone in my phone to that.
0: (laughs) No. Uh, And that is gargoyles. That's how it was made. Hey. Um. Let's talk about the first episode. So, okay, for reasons we'll explain later on, uh, we ended up watching the first three episodes of both of these shows. (laughs) But it worked out because the first five episodes of Gargoyles are actually all comprised one, basically one story arc called Awakenings. Right. Episode one of Gargoyles is titled Awakening Part One. Mm -hmm. So the first five episodes of Gargoyles is all Awakening. It's
1: wake me up inside.
0: Work me up.
3: Save me.
0: <laughs> um Yeah. Um and so it the first episode, while it's very good, it's also like chap you know, chapter one of a yeah. five part arc and you don't get a lot of like actual story. It's like set up in, mm-hmm. in backstory. So it made sense to watch the first three, so at least we could see where the status quo was.
1: I mean it made sense to watch the first five, but we didn't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. that would, that would have been too much. That would have made for another three-hour show. We don't got time for
1: that. That's true. I have stuff to do today.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, we watched Awakenings Park 1, 2, and 3. Yep. Um, speaking of that, uh, the first – so those five episodes, Awakening, were later collected into a 1995 direct-to-video movie called Gargoyles the Movie, The Heroes Awakened. Yeah. It was released on VHS. Oh, huh. Um, at approximately 100 minutes in length, the film removed numerous scenes from the original broadcast episodes due to time constraints. In addition, a number of scenes were moved around and some dialogue was changed. So oh. if you want an alternate version of the beginning of Gargoyles, check out Gargoyles the movie. <laughs> Don't do it. Just, just just watch the first five episodes. Um, so yeah, let's jump in. Um, where does episode one of Gargoyles take place? Primarily. On the streets
1: of New York. For like oh. the
0: first two minutes. Yes because the show yeah shows opens up it's it's nice that,
1: that's so that was the thing i was talking about that was so such an interesting like and um brave i guess uh way for them to open it It opens on the streets of new york and we're literally there for two minutes and 15 seconds yeah and then like stuff is crumbling from a sky rise falling into the street it's like a then, mystery and then a random woman who is a detective is like what's going on uh are these claw marks in this thing that just fell? And then we get a do 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 It doesn't do all that. And we flash back to Scotland, 994 A.D. 994 A.D. And that's where we spend the rest of the episode and a good portion of the next episode. For an episode
0: and a half, the story of Gargoyles is a backstory set in, like, you know, uh, the first century Scotland.
1: Yeah, which is like... Amazing because I think when I was like, oh man, this is super important as an adult. I was like, knowing all the things that I can't remember to come. I was like, this is important. But also as a kid, how did I? I don't how was this a like the accents changed and the da da da? I
0: will I will say for if I was a little boy watching this, like it's once they go back in time to Scotland, it's all action for five minutes. So that would have hooked me as a little kid. Mm-hmm. At least it would have been exciting.
1: There was a there. That's fair. But then there's a lot of like talking in great halls
0: you got you got scottish knight fighting vikings yeah you know. um let me let me go ahead and play that clip
4: Stand fast. we can hold them back i and catch boulders with our teeth while we're about it it's your choice then me lads. the catapult or me back to your posts in a few more minutes the sun will be down and then we'll see some fun What's going on in that clip?
1: So we have uh, come to the middle of a battle, and we are on uh, the high walls of a stony keep, and the the men-at-arms are trying to keep attackers at bay, which are Vikings, which we find out later, right, Vikings? Vikings, yeah. And um, they are Vikings are doing a real good job at catapulting rocks into this castle and shooting down archers and climbing the the walls and the knights are like, "Mm." the
0: knights are prepared to retreat or like, just let it happen.
1: (laughs) Yes. But the captain of the guard is like, "Um, either stand your post and fight and possibly die or turn and face me and I will kill you for insubordination. And then he's like. The sun's almost down. Then the real fun begins, right? Foreshadowing. For foreshadowing, but this is also happening about like dusk,
0: right? And what what happens at 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 when when night hits?
1: The gargoyles awaken.
0: (laughs) I don't have a clip of that, but yeah, the gargoyles come to life.
1: They break out of their stony flesh and become skinny flesh.
0: (laughs) They live again. Fleshy (laughs) flesh. Yeah, so basically the magic of these gargoyles is they're, like, they're stone by day and alive by night. So whenever night hits, just a, a race of gargoyles, like, come to life. They they emerge from the castle walls and they protect the castle. Like, that's their, their sole, like, mission is to protect this castle and protect their own. Yeah. And, like, yeah, if, if like, we're, you know, if Scottish knights move into their castle, they'll just be, like... Yeah, well, I guess we'll protect you too, but...
1: Well, it, it feels like they made, um, at least Goliath, <laughs> made a kind of compromise. They were like, okay, fine. Like, you're here. We don't really care. You're not like, if, as long as you don't... I, it's almost symbiotic, right? Like, yeah. Like, you protect... We'll let you here. You can protect us during the day when we can't protect ourselves, and we will make sure no harm comes to you. And, right. You, you know...
0: And and like the gargoyles, they have like you know their own. They they have their own like uh, societal structure, I guess, like familial yeah. structure. It's like there's how many? It's like twenty gargoyles or something, right? I Back mean, then. that's
1: about what you see. But I I think in there's like fifty to seventy five plus a rookery,
0: right? And they they had they lay eggs apparently. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's, like, they're, they're, they are a real race of people mm-hmm. that, you know, they just, their existence is a little different where they, they can't, you know, they're stone during the day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're real people. Yeah. Which sets up some interesting, like, parallels of racism and discrimination later on. Yeah. But the main character, what's his name?
1: Goliath.
4: Oh, Goliath, we named you well, it seems. You are as good a soldier as the Philistine giant who fought David.
3: You do well to remember, Captain, that the biblical Goliath was also a bully and a savage.
2: If you will excuse us, your highness.
0: Good old Keith David. That last (laughs) voice you heard, that was Goliath. And he's just like, I've heard this before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Goliath is a pretty calm
0: level-headed.
1: Level-headed dude. Um, because like that was the princess of the keep that is in his home and he and he just
0: saved their butts. And he just
1: saved their lives, their whole everything, pulled them from a, and that's how the nobility treats him, right? Like right. And, and there's like lots of and not just him, just he's just the representative of all of his kind here right right and like you'd said right like there's obvious distaste and racism yep.
3: yeah yeah
1: um aimed leveled at the gargoyles like all, from all levels from like the soldiers
4: <laughs> i don't mind telling you i thought we were all under the sword there for a while <laughs> i a fine soldier is our captain of the guard Oh, captain of the gargoyles you mean <laughs> he fit right well on the cornices with him it's a fact
1: <laughs> like downplaying the work that they do yeah. and just really treating them like dogs that you don't like because people treat dogs better yeah and the right. on,
0: the only guy that seems to respect the gargoyles at all is the the captain yeah the captain and of that, the gar- that's what that last clip said It's like yeah
1: like he might as well just be over there but like they get like we already heard from the princess but all of the nobility feels like really not great about them
3: our thanks for our battle well fought, good captain.
4: The credit is not mine to take, your highness. Without Goliath and his gargoyles, our defense would have proven useless.
3: Please don't mention that monster's name in my presence.
4: <coughs> your pardon, your highness. I took the liberty of asking them to appear and be recognized for their bravery.
3: Captain, we are most seriously displeased to allow beasts in the dining hall.
2: You speak wisely, Princess. These are
4: unnatural creatures. No good can come from associating with them.
3: So that's the
1: the princess, like we had said, and her most trusted advisor. And
0: the magus.
1: The magus. And um and so this is obviously yeah. like gonna trickle down even to like the villagers that they're protecting, the, like literally refugees, treat them the same.
0: I feel like you know the the captain has been working up to this moment. He's like, "Listen, the gargoyles are going to save us time and time again, and then this one time, I'm going to ask them to come in and be recognized because hey, I appreciate all the work they've done. They yeah. saved my life personally, right? And the queen's like, "Get this thing out of here.
1: Get this." Beasts out of we're eating. There's I literally am most
0: displeased.
1: There's literally dogs in there. Yeah, as well, eating scraps. Get these beasts out of here. <laughs> okay.
0: Yep. and uh, yeah. So we we are then introduced to the other members of the gargoyle clan, like the the McGoofy ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have names. They they are they all have very distinct. Like, visual uh, characteristics, though. So it's kind of easy. There's, like, you know, there's a little, like, there's, like, a short, bald one.
1: I call him Krillin, even though he's called Lexington.
0: Um, There's, you know, a big one that likes to eat a lot. He's voiced by the guy who plays Patrick from SpongeBob.
1: I can't remember his name. Uh,
0: There's an old, there's, like, an old Scottish one.
1: Yes, he eventually becomes the Hudson. Yes. There's Bronx, who is red. Yeah. No, that's Brooklyn. Brooklyn is red. Bronx is the dog.
0: <laughs> and they—they all—they're not named until episode beyond episode three, really, um, because yeah. before that, they—they they don't have a name because it's like they don't need one yeah. in their
3: culture. I'm Tom. What's your name? Except for Goliath, we don't have names. How do you tell each other apart? We look different. But what do you call each other? Friend.
4: Friend. Friend.
1: Friend. And, um, just before that, they're literally playing, um, keep away with some ham (laughs) and just like chilling. And the, the little voice of Tom that you hear is just a a little boy refugee, just a kid refugee that they- Like a peasant. They, yeah, that they brought in, that the keep is housing technically and the gargoyles help to protect. Right. Um. And,
0: and later on in the series, like at some point, like I think it's season, in, in episode three, uh, the, the female detective in New York is, like, being introduced to all the gargoyles. And she's like, y'all need to have some names. And they're like, humans and your names.
1: Does naming a thing make it anything? This this is the old guy was saying it. It's like, does the river need a name? And she's like, it's called the Hudson. Fine, I will be the Hudson then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, they, the gargoyles don't feel like they need names, but they humor the humans. Yeah. <laughs> so just be like, fine, call us what you want then. <laughs> and they all get they all get New York names. Cause yeah. Because they, they live in New York.
1: Yeah, but I, I like to see that, right, like, even in this, it's showing that, like, obviously not everyone feels the same, but you only get that one of the, like, little boy just reaching out and being like, oh, that was so cool, you saved us, but, like, the reaction of the other villagers.
3: Doom! Get away from those monsters! Mother!
2: We wouldn't hurt the lad, ma'am.
3: Keep away from them, you beast! you're the beast
2: you
4: know if they think we're beasts and monsters then perhaps we better live up to the
3: name uh-huh.
1: and i think that that says like so much right like how fed up you are how how much you're like hey we just had a, a kind word. there's another kind human because the only other kind human is the captain of the garden and he really just hangs with goliath and <laughs> this is fine and then these people you just saved are calling you beasts. Are throwing things at you, and you're just like, fine. I'm just going to lean into it.
0: Is this a is this an element of the show that carries on into later episodes? Like, I feel like be, they're like Batman, where they have to like stay to the shadows because they don't want to reveal their existence to the world. But like, is there points where it's just like you're different from us? Yeah,
1: it's a, it gets a little bit. It's not that so much because they don't interact with too many humans. But like seeing Goliath and Lisa build like. Uh, a friendship and then into more can in some points be like there are no other gargoyles like i would also like to have a comfy lady friend that'd be cool and there's like a little bit of tension and jealousy in that and being able to like there aren't a lot of people that would just be like ah. at one point they make a human friend he's blind they just visit his mm. house and stuff and it's real cool um but like it, there are things like that. There are fun episodes where it's like Mardi Gras or Halloween where they get to just walk around. Yeah, I've, I've seen the Halloween yeah. episode. I don't know why I said Mardi Gras. They don't do Mardi Gras <laughs> in New
0: York. They might.
1: Um, But yeah, so like it's stuff like that. That's like it's not necessarily such a, a big deal because they just don't live with humans in the same way they did in 900. Yeah.
0: Uh, another thing I want to talk about before we move on is this show is gorgeous. Yeah. A- the animation is, like, top-notch. And uh, I, I we were looking through the credits. Like, the animation studio is just listed as Disney. I'm sure they outsourced it somewhere. Mm. Uh, they didn't specify it. There's a lot of Japanese names in the credits. So a lot of Japanese animators, like, doing the hard, hard work. Yeah. Those those men and women did top-notch work. <laughs> um, they did. Because, like, the action scenes, even the... Like the chill scenes between action is like well animated. Like you said, where they're playing with meat, like yeah. in the keep. Mm, right. Say it's it again.
1: <laughs> say it a different way. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> playing keep away. They're,
0: they're throwing they're throwing a ham around. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> and it's <laughs> animated really well. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: what oh. happens next?
1: Um so we didn't get clips for this, but basically they go all growly on these people because they're they're young, uh, they're not like babies or anything. But I could uh, estimate they're like young to mid teens. Yeah, like,
0: they, they act like a lot of them act like teenagers. Yes,
1: yeah. and uh, Goliath comes down and is like, "What you doing? All right, you're all you're all on punishment. <laughs> go into the rookery for a whole night. You stay in there, uh, and so they are punished." But um, between all this, technically a little bit before, uh, after they leave the uh, Great Hall, after getting dismissed and dissed by the princess, the captain suggests that um, they go after the Vikings that just came into there. Not
0: just not only that, we're also introduced to Goliath's first love interest, his his his
1: his, uh, angel of the night, Demona, Demona. She doesn't have a name here. She won't have a name for a while, but, um, she is called my love by him and they are one and they will forever be one. Those talk, are things that he says that I didn't get because they were very, uh, crude.
0: They talk about having eggs together. Yeah. <laughs> so they're an item. And it's funny to see how Goliath acts in the face of discrimination and how she acts because she's much more like indignant about it. Yeah. Um, whereas he's just like, that's just the way it is. It's that's fine. Just the way it is. Um.
4: My apologies for this, Goliath. No
2: apologies needed. We are what we are. Her opinion will not change that.
3: Have you no pride? No sense of justice? We saved their lives and they repay us with contempt.
4: She is right, Goliath. You deserve better than this.
3: These cliffs were our home ages before they built their stone fortress. They should bow to us.
2: It is the nature of humankind to fear what they do not understand. Their ways are not our ways.
3: That's... (sighs) There are times when your patience astounds me, my love.
0: My preacher, Goliath. (laughs) They fear what they do not understand.
1: Yeah, I I think I titled that clip, uh, Goliath, is, like, real chill.
0: (laughs) uh, an An idealist.
1: He is an idealist, because, I mean... Couldn't be me, son. <laughs> Couldn't be me.
0: You'd be like, they'd be they should bow to us.
1: I I'd be like, let them have this stone fortress. Bye. Uh-huh. Let them be carried off.
0: We're gonna go live in the woods.
1: Like, you know, like there are other cliffs, baby. We ain't gotta be here. Let these ungrateful swine die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also love how Shakespearean everyone talks is. Like, Demona, her speech is so Shakespearean and mm. grandiose.
1: Yeah. Very um Lady Macbeth.
0: Yeah, I'm like I'm sitting here thinking like it's a miracle this got on the air because I can imagine yeah, that's some, what I'm saying. somebody was like, Can they like maybe, you know, talk like normal people no like, It's like it's no say it's, set, it's <laughs> set in freaking 1990, 1990. You know, <laughs> 994. Like, AD. It's like, first century, what do you do it? Yeah, they, they need to talk like old timey for a while.
1: I just realized they just got rid of the one.
0: Oh, a, th- a thousand years, exactly. <laughs> how about that? 994.
1: Nine, <laughs> Yay! Numbers and maths are not my... Who cares? Anyway, um, yeah. Like, again, right? Like, how as a kid was I, like, hooked? I don't know, like... I, I, I'm glad I was.
0: Other shows tried to be Shakespearean and stuff like that, too. You know, I'm thinking, like, funnily enough, the the Transformers movie from, like, 85... Is so Shakespeare the way they talk like, what is this mockery
1: of justice? And, like, I feel like I walked in on you watching that once. Is that Whitty's favorite? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but like it, 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 that's you
0: know, some ambitious writers will try to make their yeah. dialogue more uh, flowery for children. and right. you know, it, it, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't. In this show, it works so well and I love it. I'm here, glad they, it happened.
1: Yeah, here it works. Buffy the movie
0: didn't work that was not shakespearean that was dumb
1: but um as as you
0: said earlier uh the, the captain sends the gargoyles out on a mission to kill the vikings
4: in the woods those vikings may return at daybreak goliath i say take all your gargoyles and make sure they're gone
2: i'm too dangerous i don't want to leave the castle unprotected
4: their leader swore he'd be back it's best to harry them far away now and not take that chance. Uh,
2: very well. But I shall do it. I can scare those cards away without any help.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the voice, man.
0: <laughs> Keith David's so good. He's a national treasure.
1: <laughs> so this uh, sends us on our. Which we don't realize until the end of the episode are wild goose chase and a betrayal and a betrayal. This uh, signals the big turn of the episode. Yeah, um, where Goliath leaves, everyone takes the old timer with him, even though Demona, his love, wants to come with. Uh, he's like, "No, you're my second in charge. If I if and if I can't be here, I need you to be here." Mm-hmm. And. Um,
0: it's a good thing he conveniently sent all of those, like, goofy gargoyles to the brig yeah. for, for punishment.
1: It is very good that he did that.
0: Because it is a betrayal by the captain.
3: Captain! Captain! The Vikings, captain! We are attacked!
4: It is worse than that, your highness.
1: I so- wish he had said, "We are betra- you are betrayed.
4: Yeah, or something.
0: Because basically, the captain sends all like as many gargoyles as he can out there uh, to the woods so that the castle is left unprotected. During, like Basically, he sends Goliath out. It becomes daybreak, and they're trapped in the woods right. during the day, and the Vikings attack. Yeah. And so the, the captain knew all this. He's working with the Vikings. and uh, he- the,
1: the captain's intention was to have all the gargoyles go so that they would be stoned and far away. When the um Vikings came in and pillaged the keep, but Goliath was like, "No, I'm not gonna take everyone. I'm just gonna take myself, right? Like, and that's definitely a plot point later. I didn't get that clip. Mm-hmm. but, um, so the captain's intention wasn't for the gargoyles. Right like he wanted all. to
0: save the gargoyles from whatever. yeah,
1: at one point he says, like, these people aren't my people, like, the the literal humans. He doesn't, as much as the soldiers were like, ah, he should just be one of the gargoyles, and I bet he wishes he could. I bet he does not want to be one of these human filth. And part of me wonders if, like, he, it was his family that was originally in these hills and these highlands and then it was taken over because, like, if you look at Scottish history and about how princesses, quote-unquote, and stuff were implanted in lands that were not theirs. Yeah.
0: But anyway, yeah, the Vikings roll into the keep, they take it back over, and uh, the leader of the Vikings, uh, who's voiced by Mr. Krabs himself, Clancy Brown, <laughs> tells the captain, hey, thanks for doing that, um, let's kill these gargoyles.
4: Well, to work. There's little enough time for it. This is unnecessary. Are you mad? In a moment there'll be flesh again and my men will be their prey. Once your band is out of sight, they won't follow. It's not their nature. I haven't lived this long by
2: taking foolish
4: chances.
0: What did you label that clip?
1: Literal almost genocide.
0: Yep. Yeah. It was, <laughs> sorry. I, I can. Not, I can only hear Mr. Yeah. Krabs. <laughs> yeah. After saying that, but yeah.
1: I- I just want to say something about like Disney, because at the very beginning, we didn't like do this. At one point, Goliath gets hit by a sword and he bleeds. And I was like, blood. And then literally bludgeoning to death, all of these things that children saw were alive, like doing murder in sleep. Horrific. And when Goliath comes back later, you just see the keep on fire, which we don't care, but piles of rubble that were... Living sentient beings. Yeah,
0: the Vikings just straight up murder all of the gargoyles that they could find. They just kill them dead, <laughs> including the eggs, apparently in the rookery. No, 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 not the. Eggs. But it's implied. Like Goliath thinks they did. Or no, 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 no. never mind. That's right. Yeah, you're right. But he, they do kill his love, as he thinks. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> you got a clip called Goliath's Grief.
1: <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> angel of the night. Fun fact, that's also the scream from the uh, opening.
0: Fun fact: That's also the end of the first episode. <laughs> it ends with a man mourning the loss of his kind and his love.
1: Yeah, he doesn't at this point even know that anyone survived in the rookery. That's right. even So it's just him and the old timer.
0: And yeah, and they they he doesn't know if like the goofy gargoyles from the earlier in the episode they survived. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like well, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the first episode ends on a man or a, a gargoyle uh, lamenting the loss of his people. Yep. And it's like that's sad.
1: It really is because he was an idealist.
0: Yeah. And if you know, in a normal episode that's where our episode uh, that's where the segment would end because I'd be like, "Hey, that's the end of the first episode." But we went forward. Much. Be- yeah, because we wanted to get to the point where the status quo was established.
1: Yeah. We wanted to get to New York.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um what happens is the 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 Vikings Kidnap the princess, her you know her her nobles, all of the peasants that they've got rounded up in the keep, and they like start working their way to another castle. I don't
1: so, know like, where they're going. It was like
0: blackmail another king, like a relative of the princess or right. something like that, um, using her as leverage or something, right? right? And this what prompts Goliath to go out and attempt to even rescue the princess?
1: No, he wasn't going for oh, he just, was revenge, going for
0: just revenge, revenge
1: just, <laughs> <laughs> just straight up revenge. <laughs> he was just like. Mm. Nah. Yeah.
0: I hate this princess anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. But he
0: just wanted to, yeah. So he just wanted to get revenge on the men who, who murdered his people.
1: Yeah. Who, in their mind, did genocide everyone. Right. They left no gargoyle that they saw alive.
0: Then what is it, how is it that the gargoyles, like, end up, re, like, they, Goliath goes after the Viking leader and hmm. the captain, obviously. Because he
1: didn't know the captain betrayed him at that point. Oh,
0: Okay. But he's still good. He's going after the Viking leader. Yes, and he se- he gets separated from the other gargoyles.
1: Um, because the gargoyles go to the camp where the rest of the Vikings are. Because they- he's going after the Viking leader. Because the leader. Control, Like, the leader is the one who made all the... But everyone else is like, y- he didn't smash them alone. Right. <laughs> so...
0: So, go, like... So you're saying... Split is their go- party. Goliath is like, I'm going after the leader myself because he's the man in charge and I'm the man in charge. Yeah. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Yes. Uh, all the other gargoyles, just go kill all the other Vikings yes. at the camp.
1: And, you know, whatever. Protect those villagers if you want to. But our primary <laughs> object... And we don't see any of those deaths. No. Because it's no. still Disney. But... um.
0: But unfortunately, things go bad for the other gargoyles who go after the camp. And this was like the weakest part of the writing for me because I didn't under- I didn't understand why this happened. But mm. the princess is taken captive along with her magus. Her her it's like a it's like a magician yeah magician like, counselor. And the magician counselor hears that the gargoyles are attacking the camp, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh no, I must.
1: Well, because in that scene, the Viking leader, like, grabs her and is like, because and, and, well, she's just, she, the princess was like, well, you're going to be dead now, my pets are here. And he was like, yeah, if I'm going to die, I'm going to kill you first, and drags her out to, like, and so that's the last Magus sees of her. So he, in his brain, was like, we would have been ransomed, and yeah, it would have cost, but she would be alive, but because you came and instilled fear, like, because you're a beast and you have no control over yourself, he... Killed her and then killed himself.
0: He he has, like, no patience. Like, if he had waited, like, ten minutes, like, it would have been fine. But he just assumes the princess is dead. Sometimes where there are Judas's.
1: If you just waited three days.
0: It's the princess's, the the princess is dead. It's the gargoyle's fault. Um, The gargoyles need to be stopped. Because I'm a racist (laughs) magus.
1: Yeah, that's true. He needed to aim. So he puts
0: a spell on the gargoyles and casts them to stone forever.
4: You fools! She'd be alive now if you hadn't come! They would have ransomed us both! But you invaded their camp, and now- What's all this? Where's the princess? Dead. And could I but wield the sword, I would send you all to join her. But this we'll have to do instead. Domiatis, dum castellum super nubes. Asking i
1: put a spell on you. And now you're stone.
0: <laughs> Goodness. Yep, and they are stone forever. Maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you know, like, all that's happening there, but Goliath has, like, followed the princess and then the Viking leader, cap, and then his captain. And there, I didn't get this clip, but the captain, or he was like, you've betrayed us. And the captain was like, I told you to take your gargoyles. I told you. <laughs> but Goliath is goliath a man of ideals and so yes he's very upset and wants revenge because of his people but also he would never have made that deal like people are people to him right like right. whether you are a gargoyle or a uh human you are a person you have your own personhood so he was like betrayal is betrayal
0: right and he does he, he doesn't get the satisfaction of getting revenge, though.
1: No, because there's a big little tassel, big little tossle. There's a bit of a tossle, and then the three humans go over the cliff, and Goliath is able to snatch the princess and bring her back.
0: It's but- like a Spider-Man situation where the, the Viking leader and the princess both fall off a cliff, and Goliath has to make the choice. It's like, do I want to catch the the princess and be a hero or do I want to catch the Viking leader and murder him for my own revenge and he goes with the princess because Goliath is a good person
1: yeah and then he can't go back down for the the revenge that he wants because contrary to what you might believe gargoyles don't fly they glide and
0: also I assume they can't swim (laughs) because they're heavy that's fair yeah maybe the water is their weakness I'm not sure me neither but either way like he's he's denied his revenge and he he? doesn't
1: how does he put that? He doesn't know
0: it yet. Also, his friends are all now turned to stone.
2: I've been denied everything, even my revenge.
3: Goliath, I. Goliath, you've got to help your friends.
0: <laughs> he doesn't even get to do that.
1: He's just having a really bad, tough, no good day, Goliath. Is. <laughs> Goliath just good can't night. win. He just—that's that—is that that what I titled that clip? Uh-huh, he just can't win. Uh that song from is, I just can't win, child.
0: Yep, and so he returns to the camp. All his friends are now stoned. Uh, he is left with nobody. He's got no one left. Uh, all of his people are either uh, m- murdered dead or uh, turned to stone. He's like, well, my existence is useless. I might as well get turned to stone too.
3: Stone at night. What sorcery is this? Oh, Megas. What have you done?
4: I thought you were dead, your highness. I was mad with grief.
2: Reverse the spell.
4: Bring them back! I, I cannot! The page with the counterspell was burned!
2: How convenient. Now I am truly
3: alone. You turned him to stone forever?
2: The terms of the spell were that they would sleep until the castle rises
1: above the clouds. Man's just can't catch a break.
0: Nope. And yep, those are the terms of the spell. They will sleep until the castle is above the clouds, which is, you know, uh,
1: impossible. For for,
0: for a 1st century Scottishman, That is that is an impossibility, but not for a 20th, uh a 21st century or a 20th century uh
1: billionaire.
0: Yep. <laughs> so that is when we get faded into the modern day where well okay, the 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 magus turns Goliath to stone. All yeah, the Yeah, so basically are
1: stone. he um Just this is parts that I didn't get, and also watch the show. Um, but like they go back to the castle, he he hefts each one of his friends' laden bodies, puts them in place, has the maggot, has the princess agree to take care of the eggs in the rookery to get them to be raised, and then has the maggots turn him into stone as well.
0: Yep, and they are just left to sit as stone in this old Scottish castle that's basically abandoned as well. Yeah and for for a thousand years Mm -hmm. and in the year of our lord 1994 (laughs) a billionaire xanatos is
2: jonathan jonathan xanatos at last castle wyvern magnificent make the offer now owen this instant may i say one last time mr xanatos that the costs of this venture will be astronomical start hiring crews i want to begin as soon as possible it may prove difficult to find the necessary manpower. This castle has a bad reputation. The locals consider it haunted. You know the answer to that, Owen. Pay a man enough, and he'll walk barefoot into hell.
0: Uh, billionaire th- pal- philanthropist. <laughs> He's the Tony Stark.
1: <laughs> incorrect. The
0: Tony Stark of gargoyles. No, he's not. You, the Jeff Bezos of gargoyles. Yes,
1: that's exact. He is the Lex Luthor. Yes, of gargoyles. He's also
0: voice. No, he's not. Never mind. He's 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 voiced by Jonathan Frakes, uh, yeah. who, who's from Star Trek. But uh, Clancy Brown could have easily played him as Lex Luthor. <laughs> He 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 rolls up and he's got a bunch of disposable income, you know, just like Jeff Bezos going to the moon <laughs> or whatever. He's yep. like, I will spend exorbitant amounts of money to uh, move every brick piece of this Scottish castle from Scotland to New York City on top of my giant skyscraper. So that, just to see, because I'm just curious, will the... the <laughs> Will the, the the spell be broken if I can move every brick of this castle above the clouds on top of my skyscraper? <laughs> He's not even a believer. He's just like, I'm just curious. Well, I'm just
1: curious. And then we finally return to New York.
0: And that's the status quo of the show. Because uh, as soon as he lifts the last brick of the castle on top of his giant skyscraper, the gargoyles come to life as the spell said. And... Uh, that's when we are you know come back to the very first like scene in the show where bricks are falling from a New York skyscraper and folks are looking up from the street going, what's going on? Yeah are these claw marks on this brick?" And uh, that's the show. So that's why the gargoyles exist in New York City in 1994 because some rich weirdo I was
1: like, oh maybe maybe this is real.
0: And he becomes like the villain of the show, right
1: Yeah, he's the like
0: like an antihero.
1: No. (laughs) Okay. He, he, I I mean, no, I may. no, I would, he's the, I would call him a broker, right? Like I would be like, he's not a good guy, but he can do good things, but mostly he does it for himself. He's lawful evil. Sure. But I don't know about law. It's really about his betterment and he will help people and be on your side if It benefits benefits him. him. So he's like one of those like villains I've always wanted to write. That's just like, it's not that I can't trust you. It's that I shouldn't. Got it. I can trust you to do what's best for you. And as long as I can convince you that helping me is what's best for you, we're good.
0: And uh, yeah, so like the, the rest of the episodes that we watched, like the gargoyles have this like tenuous... Partnership with Xanatos and, because they don't
1: trust no humans. Yeah,
0: and they they deal with his corporate shenanigans. Yeah, um, but that you know that's really how the, the 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 series gets started. They're now in New York. They're they're it's a new time and new people. They got new names. They don't know what's up. And because I felt like this was the the heart of the show, especially considering uh, Mr. Eisner, we are also introduced to Elisa Maza who is a female detective uh, that befriends the, the, the gargoyles.
3: Oh, this can't be happening.
4: <laughs> is this a new friend, Goliath?
3: Boy, I hope so.
2: This is Elisa Maza, A detective?
3: Second class NYPD.
2: What exactly does a detective do, Lars?
3: Well, uh, when somebody does something wrong, I find out who and arrest them.
2: Who says what's wrong?
3: Well, we have a justice system. Laws, penalties, assessments that the people decide.
2: You mean the humans decide? Yeah, I'd be I'd be <laughs> I'd be suspicious too. Goliath.
1: Right. <laughs> um She doesn't really get any lines or anything until episode three. And we were I was surprised by that because she's such a big part of it. Yeah. But I also really enjoy it because it's like romance is a big part of it, but it's not the main portion of the show and I like that.
0: yeah and, and of course they there's like there's something going on between Elisa and Goliath. Like
3: immediately. immediately
2: you have to go. No.
3: Wait will I see you again? I'd like to know more about you.
2: No more Look, about you. you
3: saved my life so I owe you. Let me help you understand this city. You need to know how it works.
2: If we're to defend the castle. I suppose we need to be prepared for whatever's out there. Very well.
3: Good. Tomorrow's my day off. I'll meet you in the afternoon at...
2: After dark.
3: (laughs) Why am I not surprised? Okay. Here after dark.
2: No. Not here. Over there. On that rooftop.
3: Why there?
2: Why were you sneaking into the castle?
3: A good detective trusts no one.
2: That's one thing we have in common.
0: So much sexual tension. <laughs> like it's, it's there immediately. I'm just like, yeah, they're they they want each other. Like right ah! here. Yes, they do. No. They're gonna go but on a date literally later. Literally
1: three scenes later, he picks her up in his arms, like princess style, and she's like, Oh, and that's for me where it begins.
0: <laughs> like they <clears throat> they go on a date later. They do. They walk and then through the park, sh-
1: then he gets shot with a,
0: a tranquilizer. tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how like episode three ends. But <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is uh, apparently what got the show greenlit was the relationship between Goliath and Elisa. So, yes, as we said, I'm sure a lot of young people were uh, awakened as to, just like the title. That, that's what the awaken <laughs> in the title means. Oh, gosh. Some kind of awakening for, for young people. Jeez. It's like I am either into Goliath or into Elisa. And that's that's Gargoyles. Or, or
1: into Demona.
0: Yeah. Yes. Also, that's i can't speak from experience but i can understand (laughs) i can understand that happening to people (laughs) anyway that's gargoyles would you recommend it i would i would also recommend it i think it it is like a show that it's on disney plus just watch it
3: yeah do
1: it it's it's great do it kids do it (laughs) at least watch the first five episodes i feel like well i mean we didn't even do that but at least watch the first three (laughs) watch the first five episodes and then keep going yeah watch the first season it's 12 episodes six hours 13 episodes 13 hours (laughs) <laughs> Sixteen hours. Ooh, Matt. I'm gonna need some tea. Six hours. Six hours. Six and a half hours. Six and a half hours. <laughs> I want my two dollars.
0: <laughs> All right. How was Gargoyles? Was how was it received? How was Gargoyles received? Um, Gargoyles delivered modest ratings during during its initial TV run, but it was met with critical acclaim for its characters, tone, complex story arcs, melodrama themes, and literary influences. As it should. Yes. IGN ranked Gargoyles 45th on its 2009 list of top 100 animated series, stating, quote, A decent success at the time, Gargoyles has maintained a strong cult following since it ended more than a decade ago. And I feel like that's really its most important legacy. It's like this was a cult show. Yeah. And it was like so beloved by people that like it's existed – Like, as this, like, golden gem of the 90s for a bunch of people. Message boards, online communities, like, like fan conventions. People loved Gargoyles.
1: Yeah, and it holds up still. Like, that's a rare occurrence.
0: Yep. Um, But not everyone was a fan, including animation producer and Batman animated series co-creator Bruce Timm.
1: I wonder why he didn't like it. He
0: he once dismissed Gargoyles as, quote, kind of namby-pamby with all the Celtic fantasy crap. Okay, rude. I was like, I think he's a little bitter.
1: Just a little bit. They poached he, all he was, his talent yeah. and ripped him off. Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
0: you know, both are good. <laughs> both, are, both are good, Bruce. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the legacy of Gargoyles? Uh, it, it's quite, there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, tumult in with Gargoyles, unfortunately. Because mm. it was like the victim of like many different issues. You know, it's, like, mostly not anyone on the team's fault. Right. It was just, like, stuff beyond their control. So let's let's get into it. Gargoyles ran for three seasons of 78 episodes. Okay. Uh, once the first 13 episodes of the show were completed, but before they aired, Buena Vista Television ordered an additional six. Okay. Uh, basically, like, I think they had confidence in the direction it was going. However... Once the show debuted, Buena Vista instead bumped the order up to a full season of 52 episodes. Whoa. For a year. They had to get 52 episodes done in a year. Uh, A demand that the show's producers repeatedly said was infeasible. Yeah. Buena Vista refused to back down, so Gargoyle's production team expanded fourfold with new writers brought on board to handle the load. They needed to do that. Yeah. They got it done, though. Uh, Gargoyle's second season with all 52 episodes debuted in September '95. Just one year after these other episodes, yeah, were airing. That's uh, yeah, I was like, freaking "This me. was
1: an era of just abusing creatives." I don't an feel an like era. that era is done. It
0: was, like still going, but
1: like every time you like talk about when we talk about like cartoons, I'm like, why? <laughs>
0: because animators get the shaft, unfortunately.
1: <sighs> I'm but just uh, talking about Shaq.
0: <laughs> but that's that season. That season two is like well beloved because they like expanded on the backstory. They brought in a bunch of cool characters and the
1: lore grew. Yeah,
0: like anything that's you know stands out in your memory is important aspects of season two.
1: Uh, yeah, Damona gets cursed to in the daytime not turn into stone but turn into human, and she is the most racist against humans. Mm. Like I've never seen an elite like she's clan
0: material. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: She she at some point gets a magic spell book, uses her humanness that she um used. She like put herself in a position where she's like really high up in a, a human society, worked at like a television station, got on the television station, did a spell for everybody who was watching the news or watching something that made all humans turn to stone in the daytime. Mm. No, in the nighttime. And then went around smashing the humans. Ooh,
0: that's hardcore.
1: <laughs> she doesn't have a redemption arc.
0: <laughs> and then you've got like the agent of chaos. What's that character's name? Puck. Puck from Summer's Night Dream*.
1: That's yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yep. Um, So the second season featured a long mid-season story arc dubbed by fans as the Gargoyles World Tour, in which four of the main characters travel the world, encountering other gargoyles and confronting various mystical and science fiction dangers. Yeah, that was
1: actually really amazing, too, because as much as Goliath, like, because you find out, even in the second episode, you see Demona in the shadows and you're like, what? How did she survive? And you don't find out for a while. But, uh, well, eh, but like... In later seasons, there's younger... So this is something that comes... There's younger... uh, I almost said vampires. uh, Gargoyles that show up, and you find out, like, no, the, the princess did what she said, took care of the rookery, and these are generations upon generations, like of the the egg so like goliath meets his and demona's like great 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 granddaughter kind of thing there's the
0: multiple clans like i was on i was on the gargoyles wiki for a second and like i'm just like man this is too too much much."
1: (laughs) this is too much you went through the freaking thomas
0: wiki (laughs) i'm just saying like it it was clear that it was a deep lore that was like intended and if that's very cool yeah you know Um, Anyway, Greg Wiseman has claimed that he had discussions with Michael Eisner about using gargoyles as a starting point for an action-oriented universe within Disney, comparing this to how Warner Brothers owned uh, DC Comics. Mm. Um, Some of the show's second season uh, was used to set up potential hooks for potential spinoffs. So he was trying to backdoor pilot some stuff.
1: Yeah, didn't happen.
0: (laughs) However, season two was the unfortunate victim of several compounding events at Disney and beyond.
1: Uh, Here
0: we go number one after the death of Disney president Frank Wells in 1994 and the resulting power struggle within the company, executives Gary Crystal Jeffrey Katzenberg and Bruce Cranston who had been supportive of gargoyles left the company for the newly formed DreamWorks
1: yay
0: leaving and that left like gargoyles without anyone within the company who was like, fight for, for it mm-hmm. mm. uh, two. The show lost further support when Eisner encountered internal pressure to deprioritize Gargoyles altogether, all but killing the Expanded Universe plans. Yeah, sucks. Yeah, because even at that point, Eisner was like, had less power than he did before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Three, the growing popularity of one Mighty Morphin Power Rangers frequently ate into Gargoyles' ratings with the target demographic. If you're airing on a, on a Friday afternoon against Power Rangers... You're gonna lose. Mm-hmm. And for the season was often preempted, meaning it was like basically put off, right? Uh. basically by news coverage of the highly publicized trial of O.J. Simpson.
1: Yeah, Gargoyles had had the bad. Uh, O.J. may sick. have
0: killed Gargoyles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that. That
0: might have been the only thing he killed. We don't know.
1: <laughs> Moving on,
0: <laughs> Gargoyles likely would have been canceled after that second season, if not for Disney buying. American Broadcasting Company, also known as ABC, ABC? Uh, in 1995, um, to fill out ABC's Saturday morning kid block, Disney asked the Gargoyles team to develop 13 more episodes of the show. Um, because this was on broadcast stations rather than in syndication, the show had to meet different broadcast standards and practices, which Wiseman stated drastically limited his creativity. Mm, you probably Wiseman? couldn't. You probably couldn't do. Uh, Attempted genocide and murder and action.
1: Yeah. And oh, that sucks.
0: Racism, punching in the face. That sucks. Yep. Blood, certainly no blood.
1: No. There's there,
0: there was blood on Disney Television in Gargoyles. Yeah. And there probably wasn't allowed to be blood on the network.
1: Mm-mm. They probably had to paint it out when they re-showed those episodes. On- I don't. I don't.
0: I don't think seasons one or two aired on ABC oh, at wow. all. Wow. Yeah. Um, while Weissman wrote the first episode of this new season and spoke of his concerns to Disney, he was ultimately just removed from the team, and Disney assigned the rest of the show's run to Canadian animation studio Nelvana. That's why season three of Gargoyles looks so different. Mm. Um, the third season, now dubbed Gargoyles colon, The Goliath Chronicles, debuted on ABC Saturday morning in September 96 and finished up in February the following year. People don't like that one. Yeah, I've, I've like listened to podcasts where people complain. It's like, yeah, the quality drastically dropped. Like, just ignore the third season of Gargoyles if you watch it. So mm. I, I can't speak from personal experience, but I
1: can't remember.
0: That's that's what I've been. That's what I've heard. Um, but Gargoyles has still spawned a massive merchandising empire, including action figures, trading cards, clothing, art supplies, kitchen and bathroom items, clocks, and watches. Those are all specifically listed out in the wiki article. I was like, "I'll write that word, you know, I'll write that verbatim because that's funny." You want a gargoyles watch? I was just
1: thinking. I was like, "Do I want a gargoyles watch?" But then I was like, "I probably would get a phone case."
0: <laughs> they probably have like Etsy, like yeah, a gargoyles is probably big on Etsy. Mm. Um, 1995 saw the release of a Sega Genesis game based on the series, which was well received by critics. Nice. The the uh, the the box art is iconic to me. Like it, it looks like the quintessential. Mid nineties Sega Genesis box art, like it's got the Sega Genesis logo on the side, and it just like has a very eye-catching <laughs> box art. I, I quite en- I quite enjoyed it.
1: I'll get it for. Her. I'll just get the box for our shelf. We'll just have the box, not the game.
0: <laughs> in two thousand six, Slave Labor Graphics, in association with Creature Comics, began producing a new Gargoyles comic written by Greg Wiseman.
1: Cool. What was the name of the slave comic? Slave
0: Labor Graphics? I you know, edgy. <laughs>
1: Not incorrect.
0: <sighs> I didn't name it. Um, anyway, Greg Weisman wrote the comic book series as a direct sequel to the first and second seasons, ignoring the third season completely, telling his prefer- uh, preferred story instead.
1: Smart. Yep. I would have done that. Uh,
0: this series ran for 12 issues and it spun off into a six-issue limited series as well.
1: You know what I'm saying, though? Like, if I was writing for a show and a head writer and I got taken off and the direction went wrong... I would just start a fan fiction account and I would publicize that and be like, "This is what it's supposed to be, guys." That this—that's exactly that's exactly what it was.
0: This Gargoyles comic is basically a sequel to the series. So yeah. If you want more gargoyles, there you go. All right. The Gathering of the Gargoyles was an annual fan convention which began in 1997 and ended in 2009. There are pictures of it. It's huh. crazy. Like it's just a straight-up giant fan convention just for gargoyles.
1: That sounds fun. And they
0: would bring in folks who worked on the show. I would go do, just
1: to see the cosplay.
0: A lot of cosplay. Artists and writers would come in and do panels. Like it seemed oh like a fun... That
1: sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Cons are so much fun. Let's go to a con in 2025.
0: <laughs> when the COVID is when over. When the
1: COVID is definitely gone.
0: <laughs> uh, a similar f- fan celebration took place at Convergence 2014 in honor of the show's 20th anniversary. Uh, there have been many scrapped Gargoyles projects over the years uh, as well, including a 90s Marvel comic, a 2016 comic adaptation, a live-action film, and a Kingdom Hearts crossover.
1: Ew. But we were talking about live-action when we were rewatching this, and I was like, if they did that in the next couple of years, the person I would love to see play uh, Elisa would be Stephanie uh, Beatrice from... Uh, like the woman who plays Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. And yes. she is in a lot of – she just – I just – I want it so bad. I want it so – I just want a short film. Are you willing to do who, this?
0: Who would play Goliath? Like you could just Keith have Keith Davis. David come back.
1: huh? <laughs> just Keith David with his voice and yeah, then he... somebody in a super suit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Um, And in the series finale of the 2017 DuckTales show – uh, there was an extended gargoyles homage, incomplete with the involvement by Keith David.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: It was it's just like a little thing. It doesn't set up any like additional cross it like it doesn't actually
1: not a backdoor. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not even like Goliath isn't even there. It's a, it's like an homage to him. Mm. Um it's a reference. But they were like, Hey, we wanted to get gargoyles in here because it was such a big deal. Yeah. So we might as well like pay respect. So, you know, hopefully one day we'll see a rebirth
1: Maybe of someday. gargoyles.
0: They will be born again on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> they will live again. If Disney likes money, just let them know.
1: That's true. If Disney's trying to start cashing in on nostalgia.
0: But that is Gargoyles, and that is a segment one. So I'm going to close out with a thing I found yesterday. It's called Gargoyles Meets Metal by YouTube's 331 E-Rock. All right. And uh, we will be back after the break with my show of 1994. <sighs>
3: The city's in trouble. It's not safe here for you guys.
2: But someone is waiting. I don't like this. The danger is mounting. Something's wrong. But someone is watching. We'll protect you. The evil is winning. But someone
3: is fighting back. Come, there's no more time for talk. Gargoyles every Friday.
0: back coming in with the theme song to what show
3: all that <laughs> <Me>.
0: <laughs> jess is unenthused <laughs> uh, yes debuting april 16th 1994 on nickelodeon created by brian robbins and mike tollen starring angelique bates katrina johnson elisa reyes josh server lori beth denberg Kel mitchell and kenan thompson that is all that.
1: Ah, uh, real monsters. <laughs>
0: no, that's a different show.
1: Feels the same. So you, 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 you don't
0: seem happy to even be discussing all that. What, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your damage?
1: <clears throat> I'm sure I liked all. No, no, I'm not. Not that I'm sure. I know I liked all that as a kid. I know I watched a lot because my mom has told me that I did. Upon rewatching it. Oh yeah. But not even just that. Like, I was like, oh, I remember loving all that. And then I sat down and started to watch it. And I was just like, this is Kid SNL. And I hate SNL. I just... It's not my kind of humor. It's not my kind of show. Occasionally, they have funny sketches. But I have my friends send those to me on YouTube. I... It is not for me. And Kid SNL is even less for me.
0: (laughs) It's... It's unfortunately, like, it is kid humor. It is all kid humor. But yeah, like... Just like with Rugrats, right? Like all that was a near constant on Nickelodeon from the second I started watching Nickelodeon in like 98 or whatever mm-hmm. to when I grew out of Nickelodeon in the mid-2000s. Yeah. Okay? Like it was just on all the time. It was a Saturday night tradition, right? To watch some Snick, some Saturday Night Nick <laughs> with the big comfy couch. Oh,
1: it, it, was, it aired Saturday nights. How how fortuitous.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've been watching your – Whatever sitcom was right before it, watch some Saturday Night Nick, watch all that. Okay, and it was like, it was a big, big deal. And yeah. like every, almost every like era of all that is nostalgic to me. Like like even this early stuff. Like I I, I remember this early stuff like for maybe reruns or specials. Right?
1: There's a thing that you were like like did they do this every time? What is this ear thing?
0: Yeah, I didn't like some of the some of the sketches. I don't remember, mm. but like. But the ones you, yeah, get, you like, do, yeah, like your good burgers and th- your super milkman. your everyday French with P.R.S. Cargo, you know, right? Um, and then obviously later on with Amanda Bynes coming in, your Ask Ashleys, and yeah. Uh, then later on, like you get like Danny Tamborelli and Nick Cannon, and further on, even like it, it's just like all of all of, all of all that was just you know, yeah, it was just on all the time. Yeah, it was. So Nick, Nickelodeon has... you know I watched a lot of Nickelodeon mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a young boy, and all that was a part of that. But yeah, like, as it is now, I'm not a fan of sketch comedy shows, right? Right. The format. Yeah. Just like with SNL, all that has a lot of hits and a lot of misses.
1: Right, right, right.
0: For kids, probably more hits than as an adult you would consider a hit. I guess. Yeah, but... I can't see myself sitting down to watch a full episode of Saturday Night Live.
1: I, I attempted it
0: recently. I'm like, oh, I, why would you do that? Like, just after the. It's sort of like watching a full wrestling show, right? Like, <laughs> you, 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 after the episodes aired, you ask yourself, you, you look at the recap and you get the consensus. It's like, these are the good sketches. Watch the good sketches. <laughs> ignore the bad sketches because they're crap. You know, just like with wrestling, it's like, watch the good matches, ignore the rest. <laughs> But you watch them all. No, nope. Not when they're good. Okay. If it's a good full episode. You know, I'm, if I was a fan of sketch comedy, if maybe there was a full good episode of No, SNL. I mean, you
1: watch the whole Rest Lake show.
0: No, no. no I, 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 I will never watch a full episode of Raw these days. Ever okay. in my life. Okay. No way. Fair. No way. <laughs> Just like I will never watch a full episode of freaking SNL. You know, unless, but even if it's really good, I wouldn't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So all that... It's nostalgic, it's iconic, but yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not quite as fun to revisit.
1: No. And you're not happy. I hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let me jump into it. Talk about how this show was made. It's kind of how you think it would go. So Nickelodeon's flagship comedy sketch show, You Can't Do That on Television, came to an end the year 1990, mm-hmm. um, leaving a crucial gap in the network's programming schedule. Uh, Nick debuted a new sketch comedy show in 1992 called Roadhouse, but ended up ceasing production of that show in 1994. Did you ever watch Roadhouse?
1: No, Me I'm neither. pretty sure that's just a restaurant.
0: <laughs> I, I can't even. I
1: don't think that's. A, I don't think a show. Has I can't ever even existed. picture
0: Roadhouse in my mind.
1: <laughs> I can It's a restaurant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently Roadhouse ended production in 94, but continued to run until 96. Oh, they were just okay. getting through their back catalog. <laughs> well, um, once again with a gap in its production schedule. Nick tasked producers Brian Robbins and Mike Tallinn with creatively wait, with creating essentially Saturday Night Live, but for kids. <laughs> that was their directive,
1: it's right? I was like that, they they understood the assignment.
0: <laughs> Up to that point, the team of Robbins and Tallinn were most known for producing and directing sports documentaries.
1: Okay, but what?
0: Yeah, that's what they did. That was in the '80s. That's what they did. All right, they did like in like the early '90s, like with like. You know, with like the Chicago Bulls on a tear or whatever. Like they were doing uh, Michael Jordan documentaries or okay, the, the Dream Team. I they, don't know.
1: They seem like the right pick
0: for this. <laughs> uh, Robbins had also hosted the children's game show Pictionary and had written for the ABC sitcom Head of the Class. Uh, his relationship with Nickelodeon started when he co-hosted the second annual Kids' Choice Awards Yay. and became fast friends with Nick producer Albie Hecht.
1: That's a great name.
0: Albie Hecht. That's a great name. Such a, like an old-timey Hollywood name. Oh, it, my name's Albie.
1: Albie <laughs> Hecked. Well, Albie Uh
0: Robbins and Tollin's first project for Nick was a documentary about a Nickelodeon comedy tour featuring the network's game show host, Phil Moore of Nick Arcade. Ah, Phil and
1: Moore. And
0: Mike O'Malley of Guts. Nickelodeon Guts, anyone? I watch some Guts. Do you ever watch Nickelodeon Guts? No. With like the giant Sunday Mountain and no the obstacle course and stuff. It was fun. I Guts two thousand. I was watching Guts two thousand.
1: I only got into game shows two years ago. Okay, it was my like, sisters watched a lot of them. I watched Korean. It was a, it shows. was like a very
0: much a kids game show where it was like there was I there was trivia, but it was mostly physical challenges where mm. they had to like you know. Climb through like a giant Sunday, or like there's a lot of slime and goop. Huh. <laughs> uh, the producers brought on a crack team of writers, including Joe Davola, producer of MTV's Remote Control in Living Color, obviously another sketch show, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and Dan Schneider, who's a former child actor and collaborator with Robbins. You know who yes. Dan Schneider is? He He's the played, guy. He played the fat kid in Better Off Dead. But yeah, so, you know, we've seen Dan Schneider before as a little kid in as Better Th- Off Dead. A tall kid. Tall kid.
1: As the kid that... The
0: a tall creep. <laughs>
1: a tall creep. I'm a creep. My mom's a
0: weirdo. So check out our 85 movies episode if you want to hear about us talk about Better
1: Off Dead. And if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's the best movie. That's why it won that year.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> um, and then began the search for All That's Cast. Okay, now, I have basically the... the The season one cast in what they were doing before all that. Oh, okay. Angelique Bates had starred in commercials and small film roles since she was a baby.
1: Baby Bates. Wait. Baby Bates. Okay. Not Bates Mo Hotel. No. Mo Hotel.
0: (laughs) Um, Elisa Reyes started modeling at age eight and had appeared in Mariah Carey's music video for Make It Happen. Cool. Uh, Lori Beth Denberg was discovered by producers at a drama competition. She seems like a drama kid.
1: Yeah, yeah, she definitely, she comes off the real drama kid. She's she's also- Hard drama kid vibes.
0: She was the oldest in the cast. I think she was like yeah. 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, Keenan Thompson had appeared in various small theater productions in Atlanta, Georgia, had appeared as an entertainment reporter for CNN's Real News for Kids. Cute. <laughs> and had starred in the film D2, The Mighty Ducks, which premiered a day after all that debut.
1: He did the puck shot.
0: The The knuckle puck.
1: The knuckle puck. <laughs>
0: And then Katrina Johnson, Josh Server, and Kel Mitchell all landed the gig through extensive auditions. Cool. And that is all that's cast. Um, the writing team felt that it was crucial to find the right actors first, and then tailor the scripts to their strength. So all that's pilot wasn't written until the fat the, the cast was finalized. Which I think was, I think that's clever. I think that's yeah, smart, no, I think that's very smart idea. You don't want to give these kids stuff that's out of their breath. Yeah. You know, so it's like take what they're good at and. Make it work, you know. Yeah. So it's like give Mary Beth Denberg uh, the, the, you know the
1: the news alerts or whatever.
0: Yeah, your your more dramatic you know roles make, make her. She does a lot of deadpan. It's so good. Yeah. I love her so much. And uh, then Keenan is you know Keenan and Keller are like just oozing with charisma. Yeah, like give them stuff and then.
1: They're, yeah. they're, they're bards. <laughs> They've got charisma.
0: Up. K- Katrina Johnson is this little fiery little girl with, with a high pitched voice, like make her sound tough.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. She always plays the tough, not always, but mostly she plays the tough kid.
0: Yeah. Cause she got a funny voice. Uh, the pilot was shot in front of a studio audience on January 17th, eighty four. just three months before it aired. Wow. It, and it initially did not test well with focus group audiences.
1: I wonder Why? Uh, Nickel-
0: regardless of the negative response, though, Nickelodeon president Geraldine Laybourne, uh, who was like the hero that brought Nicktoons to life, um, she decided to pick up the show anyway.
1: Nice. Good job, Geraldine.
0: And uh, the- I mean, I
1: guess. I don't really like the show, so I guess job, Geraldine.
0: <laughs> and here's why we watched three episodes of all that. The pilot aired as a special in April 94, with season one proper airing in December. Now, we, at first... We? I Googled, okay, all that season one, episode one, and I found this janky website that had them all because they're not season... Like, all that right now is on Paramount+, Plus but not season one. That's weird. It's just lost to time. So, you know, some brave soul uploaded a VHS rip (laughs) to to some janky website, and we watched what was labeled as season one, episode one. Right. Then when I was doing some pre... Uh, you know, premature research while we were watching it, I realized, oh no, this is not episode one of the show.
1: And wife was already unhappy.
0: Yes. So I sought out what I thought. I thought maybe season episode one and episode two had gotten mismatched on this janky website. Mm -hmm. So we watched the first half of episode two, which was actually episode three. And I realized, oh, this is not episode one yet. So... I eventually found the pilot episode, the one that aired as a special on Nickelodeon in April 94 on YouTube.
1: So he made me watch three episodes of a show I really didn't like, which is why I made him watch three episodes of Garcoils. Right.
0: In my head, it was actually fortuitous because we got to see the first sketch of all of these long-running sketches. No. Yes.
1: Your head is wrong. Would I sit through three episodes of all that again? Probably not.
0: Mm -mm. Probably not. But... We do have clips from all three episodes. Not all. I did not capture clips from every sketch. That would be insane. But I've captured the important ones. Okay. Yeah. So episode one, the one that aired in April '94, is I, I assume it was originally just titled pilot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as most shows are. Today it's labeled as the episode title is called Fillmore slash TLC. Okay. <laughs> based special
1: on guests.
0: based on the special guests, and that's the common thing for the first season of. Uh, of all that every episode is named after its musical guest
1: which you know makes it easier to find stuff i guess
0: yep so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna run through a basic episode of all that okay okay from start to finish using clips and elements from the first three okay so episode one was titled Fillmore tlc Mm
1: -hmm.
0: episode two was titled do you remember uh the brat the brat because the musical guest was the brat and episode three is just called TLC, because TLC returned as a musical guest. Okay. So, as with Saturday Night Live, every episode of all that begins with a cold open, right? Before the theme song, the theme song plays, before the cast is introduced. They have a sketch that's just the cold open.
1: Oh, okay. Do I you remember
0: know. what the first cold open was no, for episode one? No, we watched
1: one? three of them. Was it, was it the Sweaty Keaton?
0: No. That's was the-
1: it the... The one with the the PA running around nope, trying to nope, get everyone?
0: Nope. So it was the other one. It was called Cool Shoes. This is, oh. it, it's different because it's not a traditional cold open that all that would establish in those later episodes. Mm-hmm. But here's what, let me, I got some clips from Cool Shoes.
1: Okay.
3: Hey, Cool Shoes. Oh, thanks. They're the new air light up They pop up and they have little lights in the back. Oh, Cool Shoes. Hey, check out his shoes. Thanks, girls. I just got them. They're the brand new Toon Lightning. They got pumps, lights in the back, and a pull-out stereo with CD player. Cool
0: so they're like making fun of like shoe culture <laughs> of the nineties, where every shoe had like you had the blow-up pumps and the.
1: What is the point of pump-ups? I
0: don't know. I, I you'd have to tell me. I, I I don't. I knew no one in my life who ever had a pump-up shoe.
1: I definitely knew some. I just didn't understand.
0: Is it comfort? Is it a I comfort
1: don't, thing? I don't, uh, Doesn't it just pump up the tongue of the shoe? I thought it pumped up the soles. I don't know. Pump
0: up the jams. Pump mm, it up.
1: Gotta pump keep it that pump. up. <laughs> keep the pump, pump, pump. dum pump.
0: So it, it's basically every kid down the line is trying to one-up the other people with their crazy shoes. Right. Like, I got lights in the back. I got, like, you they know.
1: Pop-out stereo, the it gets pumps.
0: To the, it gets to the point where all the, the shoes end up looking more like super soakers than shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the joke. They're also making fun of Super Soakers because Super Soakers got super elaborate in the mid to late 90s. Um, and, of course, the, the the sketch ends with the most elaborate shoe. Do you remember?
1: That's the one that flies.
0: Yes. Uh, little Katrina Johnson comes out with shoes that basically is a hovercraft or like right. a jetpack. <laughs> Who needs to? Later. So, like, that's, this thing establishes the one thing about all that. It's like, it's like half live. Yeah. It's sort of like So So some some
1: pre-recorded stuff. SNL does that, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's true. But, like, most of SNL is done live with some pre-taped. But with all that, it's like half and half. Sometimes more pre-taped than, than yeah.
1: live. I think it's because, like, setting up between scenes takes a little bit longer, uh, especially with kids, getting True. them all wrangled. Yeah. Uh, not that I want to give any props to the show, but I think that, like, that's probably a consideration.
0: But it allowed them also to be able to do things you couldn't do with a live audience. So yeah. with the freaking cool shoes when she, like, launches off because she's flying, it's just done on a green screen. And yeah. it's, like, her doing, a like, a loop around the, the Nickelodeon studios, like... Done in green screen. It might not even be green screen. It might just be a card, like a cutout of her, <laughs> like animated over. <laughs> yeah. Look
1: at that JPEG go.
0: Uh, speaking of the Nickelodeon Studios, all early episodes of all that were taped at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios Orlando. Yeah. That that classic image with the, the, the slime fountain.
1: Yeah, It's really a slime fountain?
0: Yeah, and that the set, the set, and all that, like the generic like stage set, is pretty cool looking. I like it. It looks that like it, it looks like right. an old warehouse and they got like a giant corn and <laughs> other weird oddities.
1: <laughs> yeah, that feels like something you would like.
0: <laughs> like the aesthetic. <laughs> but as Jess mentioned, um most all that cold opens aren't just, you know, normal sketches like this one. It's mm-hmm. all backstage stuff. That, yeah. That was the that was all that's thing. The episode always started with a cold open that was set backstage as the actors are getting ready for the show and well, silly things would happen.
1: Very harried PA.
0: Yeah, this like poor PA guy is trying to wrangle the kids to get out on stage. I think in time. he's the
1: reason I would never work in television. <laughs> I like him, not joking. When I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh man, this dude had a bad life."
0: <laughs> and uh, what, what was the first cold open to take place in that format?
1: Ever, or the one that we, the one that we I watched. remember seeing? Yeah, that one. That was the sweaty one.
0: Sweaty Keenan.
4: <laughs> five minutes, everybody, on in five.
3: So Keenan, you nervous? I'm oh, out. No this is it showtime lights cameras action have you seen how many people are in the audience think of all the people watching at home your friends family girls are your classmates teachers doctors, lumberjacks postal workers dental hygienists astronauts caterers people named steve teamsters and lawyers and mayors oh my yes a lot of people are
0: teamsters and lawyers
3: oh my
0: i like the the shout out to the
1: teamsters teamsters need they they need some recognition, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and Keenan is sitting there in his director's chair, getting ready to go, and he's very nervous, sweating buckets. He's got like a he's got a hat on, and it's clear they put like a little water thing in his hat yeah. to like just douse him in water as he's he looks like he's just sweating up a storm. Yeah, and that's the 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 sketch is him getting overly sweaty, and like they're trying to get him ready for his first sketch, right? Like, don't screw up out there. And
1: Everybody's like, watching, girls.
0: One of the, one of the the PA comes. And he's like, "Kenan, don't forget to be funny out there." And he's like, "Well, what if I? What what are the jokes again? Ah, oh, you'll figure it out. Just, <laughs> just, just just you know, be funny." And he's like, "Oh." Hey,
3: you really sweat up there. Make a little help. Hi, Kenan. Oh boy, you're sweating like Oprah in a hot tub. Gonna be a sponge. Oh, so excited about millions of people seeing you tonight. Uh, this isn't working. Squeegee.
4: There you go. I got one. Oh
3: oh this isn't
4: cutting it somebody get
3: him off this kid's a fountain there's no time he's on let's go what i can't go out there like this come on we can't keep millions of people waiting hey man don't sweat it
0: huh dad joke
1: (laughs) ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha 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 don't sweat it oh man
0: what'd you think of that oprah joke (laughs) i mean it almost doesn't make sense does it make sense
1: there was a lot of jokes about Oprah, Oprah being overweight and oh. therefore, yeah, it was a time.
0: <laughs> that, that's one of the things where this show has not aged very well because it's a lot of like, it's a lot of dated jokes about celebrities. Yeah. Which does happen. And then, you know, in some cases those celebrities uh, are problematic these days. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to that. Um, and then another thing. So this one wasn't super offensive to me for this reason, but, like, a lot of these all that jokes end up being very scatological in nature or, Mm -hmm. uh, like, gross-out humor. And I don't like that. And that's not your... I'm not a big gross-out thing, but that was Nickelodeon's thing yeah, in the 90s. Like, so, there's a lot of jokes about, you know, sweat or boogers or puke or gross slime. Yeah. Or just, like, yeah.
1: (laughs) And you're like, "Mm, not for me, but okay. Not for me. And it's just, it's fine. It's, like whatever it's like yeah yeah i'm nervous before a thing like we're nervous
0: at the very least it shows that keenan keenan's the freaking star of the show and they knew <laughs> it from the start they knew keenan had all the charisma to carry this show yeah and the other kids all do a great job but keenan
1: is a powerhouse he's a powerhouse cell. he's the micro, my, he, he, mitochondria of all that
0: he was meant for sketch comedy like
1: mm.
0: he, he knew it like yeah <laughs> Everyone knew it. He he was destined to be SNL's longest r- running cast member. <laughs> Is he? Yes. Okay. But Kenan's been on SNL the longest ever. Huh. Um, so your typical episode of all that has the cold open, jumps straight into the, the theme song. We played the theme song. Right. That theme song was performed by pop RNG, R&B group. TLC. TLC. Do you
1: know what TLC stands for? No. Mm. It's the names. Mm-hmm.
0: What are... What, uh, I know there's Lisa leftai Lopez. Who are the others? Chili. And who's T? Taco. Taco and Chili.
1: Incorrect. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, who are they?
1: No, Chili isn't. I chili. Just, uh, I can't think of what T said. Teresa? Is it Teresa? <laughs> well,
0: well, we'll report back. But yeah, TLC did the theme song for uh, all that. That's what we came in with. Um, they're also the first musical guest for the first episode. Right. Uh, which, obviously, if you're going to get them in to record the theme song, you might as well bring them in to perform. Well, I'll talk more about that. But the theme song's good. T-Bos. 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 T-Bos.
1: T-Bos Watkins.
0: T-Bos.
1: T-Bos Watkins. (laughs) B-O-Z. Lisa Left Eye Lopez and Chili.
0: Chili. (laughs) But um, I feel like the theme song was so strong that they just kept it. They never changed it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's
1: very – it's really iconic, right? Like, I think that's my favorite part of all that, yeah. the theme song. That's I, it. <laughs> I
0: agree. And it, I, I remember when I was – when I first started watching all that, like the episodes that were running and debuting when I started watching were like the Danny Temporelli years with mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes. And uh, the theme song involved them getting out of a limo and walking into like – past the the velvet rope into like a club or something. You know, Yeah. The, they, it was like a, like a red carpet type – Intro. So I always remember the theme song and that intro.
1: Sorry, I had to look up Danny Tamborelli because you kept saying his name and I was like, I have no idea who this man is. He's one of the Pete's. Yeah, I I see that now. He's Little Pete. He's the youngest Pete. He's the smallest Pete. I couldn't, got, he, I couldn't tell it by. His, I was like, "Why does? Why does his grown face look familiar? What does he look like as a kid? He looks
0: like just Danny Tamborelli a kid, grown up. Yeah, but
1: I was like, <laughs> "Why is his face so familiar? I can't figure out where I've seen him. Ah, oh, look, a baby Pete. It's there. It is. <laughs> he's
0: got. He's got the iconic voice.
1: Yeah. He's got. He's got
0: a very unique voice. Yeah. But yeah, and then we jump into our first sketch. From there, it's just a bunch of sketches. So right. I figured. I will quiz you on a few things, but really we're just gonna... I'll just ask you if you remember what sketches we watched. So...
1: Rodney? (laughs) Yes? It is Saturday. (laughs) And you wanna quiz me? I'm an adult. I got my degree. I will not be taking no quizzes.
0: Do you remember what the first official sketch was after the theme song in that pilot episode?
1: I can't remember which one was the pilot.
0: The one after Cool Shoes.
1: Was it the ear thing? No. (laughs) Was it the 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 bouncer thing?
0: No. That was the first episode though.
1: No, I have no idea.
0: It was Baggin' Saggin' Berry.
1: <laughs> oh, the camp thing.
0: So the first official sketch of all that past the Cold Open is called Baggin' Saggin' Berry, which was a reoccurring sketch. Apparently, they did this they did this setup multiple times throughout the show, but it's set in the woods. It's a group of uh, boy scouts, or just scouts, right? B- girls and boys, and they're all following the, the, the troop leader through the woods. Right. And now, the adventures of Bag and Sag and Barry.
4: <laughs> now listen up. I have an important announcement to make. But before I do, remember, Junior Badger buddies do not panic, right? Right! right.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, right.
4: <laughs> We're lost. <laughs>
0: We're lost. Huh. So they, you know, little kids lost in the woods with their troop leader. And the troop leader is trying to teach them.
1: Not to panic. <laughs>
0: not to panic. And he's trying to teach them how to survive in the woods, right? And he's like,
1: we're going to start a fire
0: or I'll teach you how to make food or, you know, forage for food or whatever. Right. But luckily, one of the scouts is and Barry, who is Keenan with a giant, with giant baggy pants. <laughs> right. And his pants are so big that he can pull anything out. It's like a bag of holding. <laughs> it is the uh, Mary Poppins pants. <laughs> so he pulls out all of the important stuff from his pants. Anything they could ever need. Light, food. Uh, it's it's all
1: there in his pants. Please don't eat that
4: food. you chill, man. This ain't no thing. Oh, really? Mr. Bagging Sagging Berry? And I suppose you're going to save us with those clown pants. Yep. You want light? Shake it ass.
0: Pulls out a lantern. <laughs>
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, you. Know. I'm hungry. There's plenty of fruits and berries and... I
3: want a tuna sandwich. No problem. Oh, God. oh
0: my God. And he pulls out a giant tuna, like a giant fish. Do not eat that. How are you going to cook it? He's, He's going to pull-, pull
1: out a fire. You're going
0: to pull out a barbecue. <laughs> Some kerosene. Eek. So, um, th- th- like I said, they did do the Bag and Saganberry sketch multiple times. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, they introduce a female version of Bag and Saganberries who, who, like, duel, has a duel with Keenan about who has the baggiest pants and who can pull out the most ridiculous okay, stuff. so apparently. it's still
1: her pants. Yeah,
0: it's still her <laughs> pants. It's like, I think Angelique Bates plays that character. I'm not sure. I but,
1: they do play opposites a lot. A lot.
0: Yeah. And, uh. This sketch also inspired the title of a later Keenan and Kel episode called Bag and Sack and Kel.
1: Oh gosh.
0: Um, so yeah, at this point, we're just gonna run through and see if you remember sketches and if I have clips for them, or we could describe them. So what sketches do you remember? The ear thing, Ear Boy. <laughs> so this was introduced in the pilot episode, Ear Boy. There, are, this is a reoccurring sketch. is about a character named Ear Boy. His ears are really big. <laughs>
3: Still go between those <laughs> hey boy can you rabbit ears or what
4: Walter has had an earful so he seeks the advice of someone familiar with
0: this
1: problem Walter's had an earful
0: <laughs> this this sketch is all about dad jokes like they, there are so many dad jokes uh, involving uh, Walter's big ears and then later sketches we saw one in, in the the second episode where he, he has other friends in middle school that also have uh, deformities, I
1: guess. There's a pizza face. His face is a pizza. There's four eyes. She has four eyes.
0: Like, it's taking insults that little kids give each other in middle school, you know? Like, yeah, little kids call each other four eyes if they're wearing glasses. Or pizza face if they got a lot of zits. They just take those things and make them literal. Yeah. So Ear Boy literally has giant ears. Like, ears is as like big a- as his head. Yep. And pizza face has a slice of pizza on his face. Yep. Four eyes literally has four eyes, and there's an egghead. There is an egghead.
1: Some four of eyes really, and egghead are like hard to look at.
0: They're very grotesque. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's just them dealing with issues in middle school. Like the one, the one from episode two is the one I remember more. It was like Earboy longer. Earboy is getting bullied, but he realizes that is does Pizzagate – Pizzagate. Pizza, Ga- Pizza Gate. You <laughs> does, no. Does Pizza Face get a. a uh, earring. Earring first. Yeah, and,
1: and nobody makes fun. His earring is so cool, much like those shoes, that nobody uh, makes fun of his pizza face. They don't even recognize it, so he gets invited to parties and stuff. It, it, it was of
0: the time. I think earrings were in fashion in the 90s. Like, one earring for guys. You know, you get the yeah. one earring. That was a thing. That it happened. was a thing.
1: It's like leather that is.
0: <laughs> even Link from Legend of Zelda had an earring. Oh. He got an earring when he was he, to be cool, you know? <laughs> If you want to be cooler, just get one earring.
1: Hey, babe, do you want to be cooler?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to get an earring. Get an earring. No, thank you. Get an earring. Um, as that clip suggested, uh, ear boy is having an issue. So he goes to seek the advice from someone with an, a similar issue. Do you remember who he goes to visit for advice?
1: Some ex-president.
0: Not a president. He visits Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot. In case you didn't know, because I didn't. I had to look it up. <laughs> He was the founder and chief executive officer of electronic data systems and pro systems. Uh, So he was a wealthy businessman. Uh He had big ears. So they're making fun of a a celebrity of the time who had big ears.
1: Adults definitely wrote this.
0: Yes. Uh, He ran as an independent in the 1992 presidential campaign and as a third uh, third party candidate in 1996, establishing the Reform Party in the latter election. Although he failed to carry a single state in either election, both campaigns were among the strongest presidential showings by a third party or independent candidate in U.S. history. Given that description, I said, that seems like the type of guy my dad would vote for. (laughs) So I called my dad and said, Dad, did you vote for Ross Perot? He said, yes. (laughs) I voted for him because he said he was going to run the the country like he ran his businesses. And that connected with me. (laughs) So, yeah, Ross Perot. Um, by all – I was reading all of his political positions. He seemed like a pretty forward-thinking guy. OK, cool. Anyway, he has big ears and the the, 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 the writers of the show apparently were like, it would be funny if Earboy went to go speak to Ross Perot about his problems. <laughs> and they got little Katrina Johnson to play Ross Perot. Right. And bas- they put her in old man makeup and they have a conversation. <laughs>
4: is you, Dumbo, you, you, Dumbo. I rest my case. Do you follow me? Or do you want to make a giant sucking sound or do you want to let me finish? Can I finish? Well, That's my point. You see, anybody who'd make funny out ears is worse than a drunken flea on a donkey's
1: behind. On a what? A drunken mm-hmm. flea on a what?
0: Donkey's behind. Got it. I'm sitting here going like, I doubt even kids in 1994 knew who Ross Perot was. Yeah. So that seems like a lost reference already. But now in 2021, I'm like, no one, no one cares. Yeah. That's another reason why you probably shouldn't go back and revisit the show because it's full of this stuff where it's like celebrities of the time in dated references. Yeah. That just don't stick. But yeah. They don't land anymore. Um, you have to do research to understand the <laughs> joke. And I'm sure kids didn't understand the joke anyway. This is like a ask your parents joke.
1: Mom, who's Ross Pearl? You laugh because the laugh track is laughing.
0: No, no, no. I as could, a, As a kid. I could hear little kids laughing in the audience, and I can't tell if that's piped in or if it's real.
1: I, I think the parents were laughing. Yeah. And so the kids...
0: So that is Ear Boy. <laughs> and what, what other sketches do you remember?
1: Well, at the end of that sketch, he gets a lantern for an earring. He does. That's right. And he I just drew a lantern. That's why.
0: <laughs> friggin' uh, Ear Boy, his ears are so big that he could support a, a, a giant lantern as an earring. Yeah. And all the kids are in it, into it.
1: He probably got it from Barry Bagging Jeans. It's, <laughs> it's probably the
0: same the same prop.
1: Ew. Um, other sketches. The one with Phil Moore was very short. Yes,
0: so I, I named that one Lucky Cheese Bouncer. Basically, a group of kids are standing in line to go to Lucky Cheese. Chucky Cheese. Boo. But there's a bouncer there, just like there would be at a nightclub. And the bouncer is played by... Katrina Johnson, the little girl with the high voice, who plays, she plays the tough guy so
1: well. Yeah.
4: Down. Do you hear me? You get in when you get in.
3: Yeah, but I've been waiting here for over an hour. Cry me a river. <laughs> Look, uh, can I just go in just for a minute? I'm uh, looking for a friend of mine. <laughs> you could do better than that cupcake. <laughs>
0: I didn't get clips from it, but... Uh, Episode three features a sketch that was also reoccurring. This one, I don't think they did this sketch again, but it's something similar. She plays a, a, a tough lemonade stand owner. Oh, like, yeah. It's a little girl with a lemonade stand, but she, like...
1: Charges for everything. And she, like, it
0: muscles, you know, she, like, intimidates people to get, get her more money. And yeah. She just plays the, t- she plays the t- same type of character as this bouncer.
1: She's the tank.
0: She is the tank. She's, <laughs> she's this little fiery little girl, and I... <laughs> She's so good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, Kenan's the star. Lori Beth Denberg is a star. Kel's a star. But little Katrina Johnson is also a star. Like, <laughs> those four are my favorite kids. Yeah. The other kids, they're good. But these kids, these those they four. They shine. Yeah. For you. Um, and also, this Lucky Cheese sketch um, has the first guest star. Right. And that is Fillmore of Nick Arcade.
4: <laughs> Whoa. Where do you think you're going, Sparky?
0: I'm Fillmore. <laughs>
4: Uh, I'm Phil Moore, the host of Nick Arcade. No. Yes. Really? Really.
3: Can I touch you?
4: Sure, I I guess so. Yeah. (gasps) Oh!
0: (laughs) She grabs him and throws him back to the end of the line.
1: And that's why we like her.
0: That got She tr- treats
1: everyone the same.
0: That got the one genuine laugh out of me. Yeah. Her her doing the misdirect and throwing him back in line.
3: Like, Get out of Does here. The situation
0: seems so absurd to me that I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I, I do appreciate the absurdity in some of these sketches. Like they're so absurd that they're hilarious. I, I like absurd humor. I like stuff that's just like just out there. And mm-hmm. and weird, like you know, like, the closer you get to like freaking Tim and Eric sketches, I'm okay with you know. Ugh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> and and some of it, the, like they were embracing, they were embracing the absurd more than your standard kid show would at the time.
1: Yeah, I give I I give you that.
0: Yeah. Um. What other sketches do you remember? The
1: chocolate one.
0: I ah, true yep. chocolate
1: bar for it. <laughs> that
0: would be a cooking with Mandy and Randy. This is also another reoccurring sketch. It's a parody of a cooking show.
1: Which cooking show?
4: Channel 106B presents live from their own kitchen, cooking with Randy and Mandy.
3: I'm Randy. And I'm Mandy. And this is Cooking Cooking with Randy Randy and Mandy. Hi, Randy. Hi, Mandy. Hungry? You bet. Today we're going to start off with scrambled eggs. First you take three eggs, crack them into a pen, and scramble them. At this point, we'd like to add a little something to perk up those boring old eggs. Now, there's a lot of things you can use to add flavor: onions,
0: peppers. But today, we're going to use chocolate, and that's their gimmick:
1: chocolate in everything. Is
0: this a is this a parody of a specific I cooking have show? No idea. Oh, okay, you asked you asked me, and I, I thought maybe like oh no, was Emerald Did he have like a special ingredient? Or
1: yeah, it was bam, bam. <laughs> that was
0: or Rachel Ray and Sammy's.
1: A, I don't Were those people things by then? I, I don't mean, know. obviously they were alive, but...
0: I'm pretty sure, like, cable... Like, the, the Food Network was on cable. Mm. I remember my dad used to go to the, the cable show every year. And he used to bring back, like, Food Network merchandise. What is the cable show? It was a convention. My dad... Uh, cable
1: had a convention?
0: Yes. My dad forged uh, press papers... Got got himself a press badge to go to the cable. Statutes
1: of <laughs> limitation on that are be- are are done.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're not going co- to. <laughs> what cable? The cable cops <laughs> They're going
1: to. Co- <laughs> they're going <laughs> to come like mm, you didn't give. Yeah, it.
0: he falsified his papers. He oh got gosh. into the. He got a press badge to go to the cable show and would just have fun at the cable convention.
1: You know, so much time. about you makes sense. <laughs> so much about you and and things you've done. <laughs> I would love to go to the cable show, man. That sounds like
0: a lot of fun. Like he 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 met Co- Ga- Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, the voice of? <laughs> like or the they creator? they used to do like you could take a picture in front of a green screen and they would put you into the oh Space Ghost Coast to Coast chair, you know, as the guest. Or oh gosh. he he I remember a picture of him with the cast of South Park.
1: <laughs> Did He just go by himself. He yes. Was like I'm gonna go do this. Yes, I'm not. Gonna, that's fun. If I was a teenager
0: at the time, he probably would have brought me.
1: But. Yeah. Well, I don't know that he could call you press.
0: <laughs> and I don't. Know. <gasps> so yeah, cooking with Randy and Mandy. Uh, their gimmick is they cook with chocolate. That's yeah. it. That's the, the the it's. I don't know how this sketch had legs, but it did. And yeah. Like the joke was played out by the end of the sketch. By yeah. The end of the sketch was like, I get it. They like chocolate. Yeah. We get it. Like it's not funny anymore. It wasn't funny
3: next dish is nachos first you place the chips in a microwavable plate and then you add chocolate chocolate, chocolate bars chocolate chips chocolate sprinkles chocolate powder chocolate syrup any kind of chocolate really because once the messes together they become one harmonious chocolate holiday a celebration of chocolate if you will
0: and it's like this is another thing where it's, like, gross-out humor, where it's just, like, two kids scarfing down tortilla chips covered in chocolate, everything. Like, they put the chocolate chips and the chocolate powder and the chocolate syrup on these tortilla chips, and they're just scarfing them down.
1: Yeah. And
0: I was like, yeah, I guess that's a very kid thing. But also, like, the humor is watching two kids, like, just get messy and gross with chocolate. Yeah. And I'm like, that a lot of these sketches do that sometimes, where the, the, the humor is supposed to be derived by the kids acting wacky. Yeah. You know, like... In that, that, that Bag and Sag and Berry sketch, right? When it's like, kids, don't panic. We're lost. And the kids just run around screaming for like two minutes.
1: Because when an adult says you're lost, it's freaky.
0: Yeah, And, and so it's just like them acting wacky. Like It's almost like improv. It's like kids, act wacky. Kids, eat this chocolate
1: just nachos.
0: Eat it. Eat, eat it funny.
1: I think the thing that of that sketch that both of us were like, wait, is that real fire? Are those eggs actually cooking? Did they, they just throw a bunch of chocolate sauce in oil and eggs? This they did. This was dangerous. They,
0: they had a frying egg with chocolate on it. Um. So, yeah, I, I cannot tell you how they could continue to do this sketch, but they did.
1: I think at one point they had somebody come in that was like a, an actual, like their guest was a chef and they were like healthy. And they were like, well, maybe let's carrots and add chocolate. No chocolate. No chocolate. I feel yeah, like I was that's like probably a place. I, I guess, one, yeah,
0: I was like, that's one place you could go, one. I guess. Yeah. Um, so Angelique Bates did leave the show at some point, you know, because mm-hmm. this sketch, Randy and Mandy is Keen, or yeah, Keenan and Angelique Bates, right? Yeah. When Angelique Bates left the show, the sketch was renamed to just Cooking with Randy. Uh, uh, with the explanation being that Mandy had been sent to a chocolate rehabil- rehabilitation clinic after trying to drink an entire chocolate fountain during...
1: I think I remember that sketch.
0: ...during a chocolate-based weekend. Uh, a different chef would appear each time from then on uh, with their own preferred ingredient, such as um, Chris Farley coming in to play a chef who preferred ketchup. Ew. And, yeah. there's like there's, <laughs> All of it is ew. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to see people covered in chocolate. I don't want to see people covered in ketchup it's just too much this gross out stuff i'm okay with it you can do without it and that's a lot of these sketches end with the character just covered in something yeah yeah what other sketches do you remember
1: there was a dj one that would be say hey to dr k
0: (laughs)
4: and now wack radio presents hey dr k so pick up your phone and say hey to Dr. K. Look out now, because I'm on the air. You better care. The name of the show is, if you don't know, it's Hey Tiki Ticky Dr. K. I'm your host of Sometimes Lovable, Always Correct Dr. K. Now you all know the rules. Any of you parents having problems with your kids out there? Make my phone ring. Say hey to Tiki Dr. K.
0: That's Kel Mitchell playing Dr. K. And it's like a Ask the DJ kind of sketch. Yeah. Where, uh... Parents would call in to Dr. K's show and ask him questions about parenting, and he would give them bad advice. Yes. So you know, like I got one example of that.
3: Oh, hi, Dr. K. Oh, I mean, hey. Well, my problem is with my son Melvin. He's always being picked on at school by the other boys. Let me get this straight.
4: You name the boy Melvin. Then wonder why he's getting hassled at school. Here's a
3: clue. You name the boy Melvin. What's wrong with you?
0: Apparently, this is another reoccurring sketch because I, I, I guess you could just get mileage out of like different types of parents calling in about different issues with the kids.
1: Yeah, and I guess
0: I get at the very least it allows kids to like you you get to see parenting from the kids' perspective mm-hmm. in, in some ways. You know, I, I that was I, the,
1: yeah, I guess
0: one of them is like, "Hi, Doctor K, I'm I'm a I'm a parent. I got two twins. I can't tell them apart. What should I do?
1: They're fourteen years old." <laughs> You could just ask their names. That's not that's not the advice Dr. K gives. But was,
0: this sketch was not very funny. Kel Mitchell is
1: better charismatic.
0: Better than this. He, he's, he, he has way – yeah, he, he could do better than this. But like he does have a very like magnetic personality. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't feel offended watching him talk. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, yeah, but the, the material is not funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's – He's like – he is like presenting it. Well, presenting. That's not the word I want to say. He's reading it well. He's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he, he's he's performing it well.
1: Performing. That's the p word.
0: But the material's not good enough for him to like. You know, for me to go like, yes, that material is funny. Yeah. But this also, this sketch is also home to a very problematic appearance from a celebrity of the time. Do you want to tell us, or do you want to be a surprise? Let's be. A, let's be surprised. Let's be surprised. <laughs> hey,
4: Doctor K. My problems that I have these twin daughters, age thirteen, and well, uh, I haven't been able to tell which one's which for the past six years. What do I do? Well, see, all you need to do is. Fresh, if I may be so bold as to interject, <laughs> look out, back up, and hold the phone, and watch the cat. because said, right here next to me is the one, the only, Bill Cosby. How do you do? Have some yellow plane? Oh, 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 oh.
1: Did he say watch the
0: cat? I don't know what he said. So, Bill Cosby, it's Keenan dressed as Bill Cosby with the sweater, with a cigar. (laughs) Yep. And he just like bursts into the sketch. Yeah. And it like Like, makes the Kool Aid man. It makes no sense at all. (laughs) And you're just like, this sketch, the the humor is Keenan doing an impression of Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's not even very funny. It's just like, yeah, Keenan does a somewhat competent Bill Cosby impression. Right. But he walked in and we both went, Oh, no. Oh, dear me. Because of current issues with Bill Cosby. Mm. You know, it's like, you can't do that sketch today. That's an impression you can't do anymore. But also... I mean, SNL might do it. True. If, <laughs> today. <laughs> but when he walked in, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I thought, how long is it going to take him to say pudding? First sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate pudding. <laughs> Yep, says it immediately, and I was like, "Hey, he said pudding." Oh gosh! And from there, it's Bill Cosby. Keenan as Bill Cosby playing off with Kel as Dr. K, and it's yeah. like not funny. It's just noteworthy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Ugh. It's yeah.
0: Any other sketches?
1: Uh there is Good Burger.
0: Of course, we can't go through an episode talking about all that. And not talk about Good Burger. Good Burger is not in the first episode, he's in the second one.
4: Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger, may I take your order?
3: Yeah, I'd like uh, one Good Burger with cheese, extra ketchup, mayonnaise, no mystery sauce, no pickles, no lettuce, and extra onions on half. One Good Burger, want
4: any fries with that. Are uh, you sure you got my order? Don't worry about it, Want any fries. No, that's okay. Zero fries. That'll be uh, eight bucks. Eight bucks? It says 250 right up there. Okay, 250. Your number's 87. Oh.
0: So, Good Burger is iconic. Everyone, is, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? It is not funny. Mm-mm. This entire sketch is like cringy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: the same joke over and over again. It's like, yes, this is a incompetent. A cashier at a fast food restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's like honestly, I think I a couple years ago was like, "Good Burgers" on Netflix. Let me try to. I got through three minutes before the I mo- had to turn the it movie? off. The movie, and I was like, "Oh no!"
0: Yeah, like I'm sitting here thinking, I I can't just like with Mandy and Randy. I was like, the gimmick is so simple. I was like, how do you get mileage yeah. out of this sketch? How how is how is this the most famous sketch and all that?
1: Yeah. How did this get a movie?
0: Right, and it's like Kel's funny, just just like with Doctor K, It's like Kel has a very, you know, prominent charisma,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: the material is not funny. Yeah, and it's super formulaic.
1: Yeah, where
0: person walks up to the counter, asks for a thing, and Kel is stupid. Uh, uh, what's his What's his character's name?
1: I have no idea.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> Does he have Roger?
0: A? No dude
1: he, he does have a, he does have a he's a dude he's a dude yeah she's a dude yeah <laughs> they're all dudes
0: it's ed his name is ed
1: oh i mean i guess that feels right
0: yeah and another thing is like the they they use the sketch to introduce more gross out humor like yeah the last the last joke is welcome to good burger home of the good burger do i have anything in my nose yeah and i'm like oh gosh <laughs> Oh,
1: I'm getting out of here. I'm never coming here again. I wonder if he's just a plant from the other restaurant that's just trying to throw Good Burger under.
0: They, one of the, there, there is a point where he's like, "Screw this, I'm going," or "Forget this, I'm going to Great Burger, yeah, or Best Burger."
1: Well, I don't know why you went to Good when there's a best option.
0: In the in the movie, it's not even Best Burger or whatever. It's like a conglomerate, like Space, yeah, Space Ace <laughs> Burger or something. Where they dress up in, like, chrome. I, I s- vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. I, do, I have seen Good Burger once.
1: I, I think I probably saw. I think he goes to, there's a dance routine in a mental hospital in the movie. I can't remember. I, mm-mm.
0: Anyway, we're, we're, I got another clip here. I don't even remember what, the, what this joke is.
4: Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. May I take your order?
3: Uh, what comes with a good meal?
4: One good meal. Oh,
3: wait a second! I didn't say that I wanted one. I asked what comes with one. Council good oh, meal. Wait a second! I still might want one. I just need to know what it comes with.
4: Why don't we read it together? Uh. One good meal contains one good burger, one good fry, and one good soda.
3: Hmm. How is it good?
1: So here's the thing. They're gonna laugh out of me not because it's funny, but because. That is the one thing that I think a real person would say, but he's not playing it like that. Just like, what comes in a – let's read it together, shall we? Yeah, like, if he was, like, I've worked in, in, like, food, and I'm like, I know I can't say this out loud, but if
0: it's was, on the sign. If he was a passive-aggressive cashier, that would work. But he's not. He's dumb.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that, that exchange right there is almost like a who's on first style joke right it was like who's on first who's on first no 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 who's on Yeah. it's like almost that but not quite yeah i'm like with, with i was like maybe a few more days in the writing room that could have been a funny exchange but it's mm-hmm. not it's
4: like how is it good
0: <sighs> yeah that's that's the big one um I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll move us along. I've
1: got a few. Oh,
0: what was there, Well, was I
1: mean, I don't know that we need to go through all of them, or if there's some that you want to, but I've got the super dude one, the Daily Report, the Foreign Exchange Student. I've, I've made small drawings for all of these, so I could remember them. Okay, so I
0: don't... Uh, the Foreign Exchange Student sketch, I don't have clues for. Good, because it was
1: really problematic. <laughs>
0: that's Ishboo. <laughs> so, Kenan plays a Foreign Exchange student coming to a um, typical American family's house, um, and they...
1: Unlike the typical American, are doing all they can to make him feel welcome.
0: They're trying their best to accommodate his strange culture, his foreignness, and it's just Ishbu taking advantage of He's their just
1: trolling them the whole time, <laughs> yeah, like
0: making them do uh, like, oh yes, in my country we pl- when we eat soup, we f- shove our faces in the soup.
1: It's something like, oh, we can't eat this soup. It's offensive to us. Like, oh, let's get it. Well, it's already there. So you have to put your face in it and beg for forgiveness. Like, it's stuff like that. And they, and then, all, like,
0: they all do it. And he's just laughing at them.
1: Yeah. And then when they eventually leave, he's just like, suckers. Like, he doesn't say that, but it's basically that.
0: I was, so I don't have clips of that. But I did read that there is a there is an episode where Ishbu comes back and they introduce Ishbu's father. Do you want to guess who played Ishbu's father?
1: Keith. Davis?
0: No, that would have been good. No, huh? Sinbad.
1: Um, the comedian
0: Sinbad. Um, speaking of Sinbad, the pilot episode of All That has random, strange cutaways that are like seconds long
1: featuring Sinbad. And other people, but Sinbad's in there.
0: Sinbad's the most like famous one. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's just to be like, hey, we've got...
1: Uh, celebrity faces. we got
0: celebrity guests, but it's like Sinbad being interviewed, like, backstage somewhere. Like, this is not for the show. It just seems completely random.
1: He's just like, yeah, all that. Okay.
0: Now that was all that. That's all he says. It's like, a sketch ends, they go to Sinbad sitting backstage. Now that is all that. (laughs) And I'm like, what what is this Sinbad? Like. Who are those kids? (laughs) That's it. What are those kids?
1: This this is what we paid for. This is guys. collectively
0: six seconds. <laughs> um, and then you also mentioned Superdude.
1: Yeah. It's time for the adventures of SuperDude.
3: Help, help, the knob, stop, help! Oh. Sally, is that you in there?
4: Did you try the knob, honey? What am I idiot? The knob is stuck, help!
3: Help! Help! Oh. 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 Handle this. It's my little girl, Sally. She's stuck in the bathroom. Did you try the knob, honey? Oh,
0: we've already been through that.
3: Oh, well, stand aside then.
0: This is a job for Super Dude.
1: Did you try the knob? I think I'm really glad that he asked that question.
0: (laughs) So, like, Super Dude is parody Superman, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, a few things about that sketch. This one, I this one, I remember connecting a lot with my friend Aaron. Um, Aaron, like you know i'm i'm a white dude he was a black dude we were best friends you know good really good friends we are all
1: dudes we're all,
0: we were we, dude but we were uh really good friends and the thing that like i appreciate about all that is that it could connect with so many different uh you know groups of kids right it's many diversity. it's very diverse cast um it it brought everyone in everyone could connect over all that right you know Despite any differences between people, everyone in my grade school class liked all that.
1: Right. Everybody,
0: Save. everyone Save. from different culture, um, and so I just remember Super Dude connecting a lot with my friend Aaron, who was black, and I don't know.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's all I. He remember. was just like, oh, a black superhero.
0: Yeah, he and was it,
1: lactose intolerant. <laughs> his, can relate
0: because uh, just like with Superman, his 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 weakness kryptonite. is kryptonite. Uh, super Dude's weakness is lactose, <laughs> milk, and dairy
1: milk products.
3: How can we ever thank you, Super Dud? That's Super
1: Dude! Oh,
3: sorry. Here, won't you have one of my world famous brownies before you fly away? Hmm, don't mind if I do. Oh. Uh, 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 super Dude, what's wrong? The brownies? What's in the brownies? Well, I just use flour, chocolate, sugar, milk. Milk? Oh, no, not that! Oh.
4: Uh, what's wrong with milk? I'm lactose intolerant.
1: This is the recurring like when I saw this pop up I was like I remember Super Dude. Yeah. I remember Super Dude fights and stuff.
0: And he'd always fight like a milk-based milk a milk-based villain. There's yeah. a milkman. I assume he fought a cow at some point.
1: Oh, you A giant I think a
0: giant block of cheese. Oh yeah. Like there was a whole whole rogues gallery for for Super Dude. I was like that, that that might be like the most like the sketch with the most potential for yeah a that one had
1: that one had legs
0: yeah and uh another thing about this sketch is like you hear the family there Lori Beth denberg plays the mom and an adult man plays the dad
1: yeah
0: and uh like that was a multiple sketches had that dynamic yeah because Lori Beth was the the oldest in the cast mm-hmm. she would constantly play an adult woman yeah whether it be <laughs> Uh, like a mom or a teacher, or yeah, yeah, you know. oh,
1: yeah, teachers share that sharing is caring. One,
0: yeah, I have the clip for that, but that sketch is awful. Yeah, I'll, I'll just mention it. Um, a lot of sketches, it's not just a certain type of sketch, it's like multiple different sketches with different teachers, all take place in the fictional Dolmont Junior High School.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
0: a reoccurring location where all the school sketches take place. So you know, it was like some in-universe...
1: Yeah, or <laughs> like Pizza Face was down the hall somewhere. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, anyway, moving on, another very important sketch in all that, and you, you kind of hinted at it, is Vital Information for Your Everyday Life. Yeah, that's Starring Lori Beth Denberg. Yes. And now,
4: Lori Beth Denberg with Vital Information for Your Everyday Life.
3: Never go up to the meanest, toughest kid in school and say, Hey, girly boy... Beat me up, beat me up real bad.
1: Unless you're into that. <laughs> Not at school. And
3: fine restaurants. It's considered rude to butter yourself. <laughs> if you're telling a guy a story and he starts to choke, don't say, "Look, dude, I'm right in the middle of my story."
0: So, like, I remember vital information like vividly. Yeah, like, that was like one of the sketches that just like stuck in my memory from all that early, mm. early on. You know, when I first yeah. started watching all that. Like, the sketches that I remember the most were, like, Good Burger, Vital Information, and Everyday French with Pierre Escargot. Right. The, 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 the Everyday...
1: <laughs> in a bathtub. <laughs>
0: yes. The, the, the Everyday French and Vital Information have a similar format, mm-hmm. where it's, like, they come in, they deliver a few jokes, and then they move on. It's almost like yeah. an interstitial. It's not a full sketch. So Vital Information was actually added late in the creation of the show. Because they realized that they were, you know, they wanted it to resemble SNL. Mm-hmm. They needed a sketch that resemble. They needed a sketch that need, that would be featured in every episode, just like SNL's Weekend Update. Right. So they just created this vital information sketch where Lori Beth Denberg would just read off weird pieces of advice. Mm. Um, and she's so good
1: because she deadpans. You really enjoy her, yeah.
0: She's she's got a great delivery for this <laughs> sketch. Like she was born to be this sketch. That's why, like, she is among the, like, top four performers in these early episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember any other vital information. Of, I, that was the only clip I got. But Yeah.
1: I mean, but it, like, popped up a couple of times in yeah. the episodes, at least the first one. And Mul-
0: multiple was... times per episode. Yeah. You know, when I you when I first met you, you you and I were friends on Facebook, and you had a very similar vital no. information no, thing. No, no,
1: no. Do not compare me to all that. Don't do it.
0: You would dispense daily advice on Facebook.
1: Do you remember that? Yes, I do. (laughs) They were called Today's Lessons. I'm pretty sure Facebook is dead to me, so I'm pretty sure I have all of them collected in a Word document somewhere. And they're mostly stupid, but also some of them are very important.
0: They got some vital information vibes,
1: though. We'll just post that to Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we just, here's a screen cap of today's lesson. Don't, to, I think one was like, because it was raining and it was like, don't step off the sidewalk. You might step in a gutter and a and an alligator might bite at your ankles. I don't live in Florida. Why would I say that?
0: <laughs> I feel like we need to set up a fake uh, newsroom, ske- uh, newsroom set so that you, we can record everyday lessons featuring. Uh, or and, and now here's Jess Lloyd with... With uh, Everyday Lessons for Your Everyday Life, or whatever it is. What was it called?
1: What? Today's Lesson. It was today's today's lesson. lesson. Yeah.
0: For Everyday Life. Gosh. We'll just do a parody of the sketch. No. You also do it at the end of every, almost every episode of this show.
1: Incorrect. You,
0: give, <laughs> you dispense some life lessons. <laughs> Don't play with balls in the street.
1: <laughs> I won't do it this time because it's early morning and I'm not tired. I am a little tired.
0: So that, that, that's really like the bulk of all that, it's just you know, bunch of sketches in a row. Sometimes right. they re, you know, repeat some or whatever. Um, then the show, every episode of all that ends just like every episode of SNL with a musical guest, right? right. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the musical guest in the first episode is TLC, the same mm-hmm. folks that uh, created the theme, theme song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they don't do this every time, but I'll, I remember this a lot too. In those early days, the musical guests were usually introduced by two characters sitting in the audience with yeah. all the kids. It was Kenan and Kel dressed up as old men. Yeah. They were called Mavis and Clavis, and they would introduce the musical guest.
4: Hey, hey, hey Mavis, when was the last time you heard the music that made you want to shake your booty? <laughs> Wednesday? Wednesday? What happened?
3: Well, Clavis, I was sitting in the bathtub, soaking my coin. When I was listening to the radio, and it fell in. I took my booty and everything else. Clavis, Clavis, wake up. It's time for TLC. TLC,
1: it. It's a little funny, but also like near death. TLC. So
0: it's, it's Keenan and Kell get to be, you know, Keenan and Kell. They have great chemistry together, and that's mm. fun. Um, I think, I think this was meant as like a, a callback to the Muppets.
1: Yeah, that's what it o- is. Old Man
0: Muppets. Yeah. I also liked it as a kid. It connected with me because it c- kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit, showing the performers in the studio audience with the audience, right? Yeah. It, it really sells it that hey, this at least part of the show did take place amongst the studio audience right it's not just a laugh track there are actual kids that are laughing i don't feel like
1: you knew what a laugh track was when you were watching this still
0: it it it, it cemented the fact that there were live people watching it right um and you know you could hear like the kids are organically laughing because two silly other kids are sitting in the audience with them i don't know just like it just makes it feel more
1: uh real lived in yeah authentic uh,
0: exactly inviting even you know it's like yeah i want to be a part of the studio audience for all that or you know i'm just like these kids except i'm at home
1: i want to be where the people are
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like we mentioned uh tlc then performs and unlike other episodes that we watched where like usually it's like the the musical guest would play and then they would end the show mm-hmm. in the very first episode of all that tlc performs and then there's additional sketches afterward.
1: Yeah. So
0: they they didn't end the show with the musical guest. And that's another thing that all that does is if there is a musical musical guest, those mu- musical guests will appear in at least one sketch. Yeah. And TLC's sketch takes place after their performance. Yeah. And what is that sketch?
1: It's about a, a, a rap and frog.
0: It is a parody of Yo! MTV Raps ah, called All That Raps featuring it. a – frog rapper named Leap Froggy Frog.
1: Goodness, I forgot.
4: Hello, and welcome to All That Routes. I'm TV coming at from the heart of Ribbit Records, home of hip-hop mogul Leap
3: Froggy Frog, where we'll find out how the green one got his start. Ribbit. First of all, thanks for letting us have this interview. Mr. Uh, Leap? What's my name? Say what, say Leap? Froggy, froggy, froggy. Come on, say
4: Frog it, frog, it, frog it. The frog. You got it? I got it, Mr. Leap Froggy Frog, your hotness.
0: The sketch is not very funny. No. Uh it's 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 quite like just erratic. It's loud and this is like constant talking. Yeah. And I probably think... like
1: the the show it's parroting.
0: Uh, well, that that's what I was saying, like the humor doesn't come from like the witty dialogue or anything like that. It's just like, hey, let all of these performers act wacky for a little bit, and the fact that they're wacky—that's supposed to be funny. Right. So TLC is in there playing like Leap Froggy Frogs,
1: Fly Girls, F-
0: Fly Girl. they are the—they're dressed like flies. They got little wings. Yeah. Um, and little antennas. Yeah. And uh, they're like his backup singers, and they're the ones who are singing Froggy, Froggy, Froggy. <laughs> yes. And the fact that it's just constant talking—that's supposed to be funny. I think. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. And Leap Froggy Frog is mildly amusing because mm. it's Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The pun of it.
0: The pun. And it's like, yeah. And I will say this about all that. I really appreciate that they were celebrating hip-hop. Yeah. And and R&B and that subculture. Yeah. I really doubt that any other kids show at this time was really doing that. Like, no, I agree. Like, really embracing hip-hop culture. And, and
1: pulling it to the forefront, putting it on TV in a time slot that a lot of people would see.
0: Yeah, they they... Like, the first season is, like, primarily just hip-hop and R&B performers. Yeah. You know, Aaliyah was in there. Yeah. Going back, like, she was, like, in episode eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, like, usually, like, young young performers, mm-hmm. you know, like...
1: Brat, De- Leah, Lea, TLC, they were all young at that time.
0: Yep, and uh, so, that's TLC, but we all... I also got clips from DeBrat who was the musical guest in the second episode. Her uh, sketch. Right. Like, her comedy sketch, which I think you thought was... Pretty funny, right? Or you appreciated it more than the other ones?
1: Because everybody was signing. I, I think I appreciated it just because there were she, there was moments where I was like that felt like a real moment. That felt like that kid was like, just, "Can I have your signature?" And she like had a moment that she said something. It's like, the Whoa. the
0: sketch su- suited her more than the TLC sketch did. Yeah, which like TLC, they're just dressed up like flies and they're just kind of singing and prancing around and just yeah. like they weren't given any direction. Yeah, and I was just like, this could have been anybody. Yeah. Whereas Debrat, it's like the sketch was centered around Debrat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's sitting backstage getting ready to perform, and all of the cast People members want they want her autograph.
3: Um, excuse me, Brat. Can I have your autograph? Sure. Uh, Would you mind signing a copy of her
4: new CD, Funkified, which just went platinum, available wherever fine music is sold. I love that. <laughs> sure. Hey! I know
2: you're about to go on stage in a couple oh, minutes, yeah. but uh,
3: can we both get your autograph? Sure. You got some paper? Um, oh, you know what? I don't. I don't have any paper. Can you just sign my forehead? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, 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 delivery the other one. one
1: is like, can you sign my sandwich?
0: Okay. And you, you think that Debrat uh, delivered her lines? Yeah, as well? because
1: I think at that moment she like laughs. She's like, really? Yes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Do
0: you feel like they briefed her on that, or it was just like, "Hey, we're gonna film a sketch here. Just, just act natural." Just yes, and (laughs) act natural. That would have been a lot of fun. I have a lot of respect for Debra if that's how it went down. Mm. Um, But I re (laughs) freaking Katrina Johnson. Would you like to sign my new your your new your new uh, album Funktify? Perfect placement, product placement. Yeah, (laughs) because that's another. Like, I feel like that's also making fun of SNL because SNL brought in. Their musical guest and their like host of every SNL, they're always just promoting something. Yeah. They just bring someone in to promote something. Mm-hmm. So the musical guest is usually promoting a new album, right? Or the host is promoting a new movie. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's sort of poking fun on the the corporate commercial side of SNL. Um, and then of course the the sketch doesn't end there. Uh, the it gets more and more absurd as people ask her ask Debrat to sign things,
3: right. grandmother (laughs) i know what you mean you mean can i sign an autograph for your grandmother no i mean can you sign my grandmother
0: (laughs) she brings up an old lady uh,
3: just sign her face Uh, i think i should go you know i gotta go get on stage just do it brat
0: (laughs) that that old lady gets one line but she does it great
3: (laughs) just do it
0: i don't know who that old lady is but (laughs) she uh she did a great job. She did her job. She mm-hmm. did it well. Hope I I, I, I want to think that really was Lori Beth Denberg's grandma.
1: Yeah. Well, who knows? Keep it in the family.
0: Um. So yeah, that that's really all that. And then Debrat would perform, or whoever the musical guest was, mm-hmm. they perform their song, and they we'd be shuffle off. Yeah. The, the cast would say thank you for joining us and come back tomorrow or come back next Saturday. Come back. That's all that. Would you recommend all that? No, I I also as as like fun as it was to go through these sketches and relive the glory days. uh, All that is not very good um, to revisit. It's Mm. quite dated. It's really dumb if you're an adult. A lot of a lot of the sketches are misses.
1: Yeah, because you would figure like watching it back with the nostalgia, the joke should be something like, "Oh, I remember that as a kid." That's like a callback, but but it's not because it's it's about the. adult. Adults at the time, yeah, humor more than like it, like somebody going, "I got your neck." Like it's
0: a lot of groaners written by adults for children, yeah, um, and yeah, like it's it's really not all that fun to rewatch. Uh, aside from the oh wow, this really did air in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> they really did do a Bill Cosby impression for like five minutes. Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to like. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to appreciate, I guess. But, yeah, all that's really not a recommend to revisit.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, it did good things for the hip-hop community and a lot of, like, like promotion-wise. And then, like, a lot of careers for these young uh, improv and comedians and stuff. Yep. It did – it was a good vessel.
0: It, it, it filled a need – at the time as well. It was yeah. like, there needed to be a sketch comedy show for kids. Yeah. Why not let it be all that? And they, they did it. They did it. They did their job. Yeah. It's beloved for a reason. Um, and, you know, it's like the format still works. It's still running. Yeah. You know, in its different form with new comedians that I don't know. You <laughs> know, like that are about 20 years younger than me.
1: But, I'd watch one just to see like what is yeah. they're thinking or funny. But
0: mm. we'll see. Anyway, all that. Its first full season debuted in Nickelodeon's Saturday Night Snick block, airing alongside "Are You Afraid of the Dark," "The Secret Life of Alex Mack," and "The Ren and Stimpy Show." Ren and Stimpy still running really? on Nickelodeon. On oh, Nickelodeon, yeah. Thanks to Snick, Nickelodeon was already the number one network among viewers six to eleven on Saturday nights in '93, so all that was virtually guaranteed rating success. Nice. You know, it just rode the wave. Um, and by 2002 the show was still raking in at least 3.3 million viewers every Saturday night it's pretty good
1: pretty pretty good pretty good pretty, pretty
0: good uh, like with most sketch shows retroactive reviewers have continued to praise classic sketches like vital information super Dude and good burger while panning others for being too juvenile I would agree with that
1: I think good burger is also super juvenile that's
0: all that's all nostalgia I Be bet good. you go and read like freaking like BuzzFeed like
1: the top 20 all that
0: sketches and it's like good burger is like dude just, just watch, watch it. them
1: there are probably like occasions where like that was an incredible sketch but it's like out of 42 of them
0: i feel bad for the people who have to put those listicles together
1: oh it's fair
0: uh, publications like the atlantic have praised the show for its diverse cast yes. and weirdly subversive humor that quote constantly flirted with the limits of fcc approved family friendliness mm. which i can see yeah, yeah. Over the course of its run, All That has been nominated for 13 Kids' Choice Awards, winning six, including Favorite TV Show Three Times, Favorite TV Actor for Keenan Thompson, and Favorite TV Actress for Amanda Bynes, who debuted in 96.
1: Nice. Oh, that's actually pretty quick. I didn't realize she, like, it's just two years after.
0: Yeah, I think she, uh, Angelique uh, Bates left, and mm-hmm. then Amanda Bynes took her spot. Got it. And Amanda Bynes was, like, also one of those, like, yeah, you were born for sketch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, And here's All That's legacy. Now... All that has, like, the all that family extends far and wide. Because, like, it's it shows spun, like, it, it oh, spun yeah. off shows that then spun off into fru- future right. shows. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I, I was like, doing the research has got two out of hand. We're only so, going
1: to talk about first cousins. I was like,
0: <laughs> one degree of separation from all that I will mention. From mm-hmm. there, those. Find them yourselves. Find them yourselves. Maybe those shows will get an episode where we can talk about the legacy of those shows. If it happens. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see down the That'd road. That'd
1: be a fun spin-off show for our show. Just like talk about all the shows that all that in- and <laughs> no, I don't want to because I don't like it's, them all. It's a
0: lot. Okay. So all that's initial run lasted from 1994 to 2001. In that time, we saw Amanda Bynes, Trisha Dixon, Zach McLemore, Nick Cannon, N- N- Leon Frierson, Christy Knowings, Danny Temporelli, Victor Cohn-Lopez, Mark Saul, and... And Gabriel Iglesias fill out the cast as original cast members departed the show.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: Gabriel Iglesias, Mr. Fluffy, was a cast member in all that. I forgot that.
1: I didn't know that at all. You said Gabriel Iglesias, and I was like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. He he was a young man once. (laughs) Like everyone was. Everyone was a young man once, except Morgan Freeman.
0: (laughs) On uh, March 13th, 1999, Nickelodeon celebrated the series 100th episode which really wasn't it's 100th episode they just Mm. said it was a marketing gimmick uh, with an hour long special called All That Live it was the first and only occurrence in the show's history done entirely live in front of the series I think remember that Um, it featured appearances by Melissa Joan Hart uh, Larissa Olenek who was from Alex Mack yeah Uh, Robert Ricard Richard it's got a comma in there or an apostrophe in there Richard (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) know Cousin Skeeter anybody uh, Britney Spears and Lauren Hill, um, as well as returning cast members Angelique Bates, Lori Beth Dinberg, uh, Katrina, Katrina Johnson, and Elisa Reyes. Okay. In 2000, feeling that the show's formula had grown stale, Nickelodeon placed all that on hiatus in order to retool it for, uh, with a new cast for the 2002 season. Uh, during that hiatus, Nickelodeon ran, the series, uh, ran a series of specials about all that. Uh, the relaunch debuted January 19, 2002 with an all-new cast, including Chelsea Brummett, Jack DeSena, Lisa Foyles, Brian Hearn, Shane Lyons, Giovanni Samuels, and Kyle Sullivan. Like, I remember this season debuting because it was like... A big thing. It was like promoted as like, all that's brand new and fresh with new people. And Mm. it's like, some of these people I remember, like Jack DeSena, I remember, uh, like, you know... Like, I I remember these sketches. Right. um, And and it was just like, this point was like, I was about to age out of all that. Right. But at least, like, I I do remember it. Right, right, right. Um, This season initially featured weekly hosts, a la Saturday Night Live, but the concept was dropped as the season went on. Jamie Lynn Spears joined the cast the following season. Weird. Britney Spears' younger sister.
1: Weird. I mean, I know Zoe One Hundred One was the spinoff for her, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't realize she was on all that. Yeah, she's that not, was
0: her. That was her breakout.
1: She's not pr- particularly. Is she funny?
0: I I remember like being attracted to her, but like not feeling that she was very funny. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I was. I was,
0: like, I was she, young. Like, I was young. I was like ten to eleven years old. So I was just like, yes, I think this girl is pretty, but I don't remember her being funny.
1: I think. Like, because I definitely didn't watch her on all that, but I definitely watched some episodes of Zoe 101 and her acting wasn't wonderful. Was so I can't imagine her being great at live.
0: She was as good as any other kid actors, I guess. I don't know. Uh, in 2003, Nickelodeon launched Are You All That? Nickelodeon search for the funniest kid in America. I remember this, too. It was a competition in which the grand prize was an opportunity to become a cast member on the show.
1: Cool. Kids would
0: send in. You know, tapes, audition tapes. Mm. The winner was Christina Kirkman, who would officially join the cast in the ninth season. And the competition's runner-up, Ryan Coleman, would join the cast later that year. Cool. So you got two cast members for the price of
1: one. Nice. In
0: 2005, the 10th season of All That began with a 10th anniversary reunion special, which featured the cast of the original series uh, and relaunch performing in sketches together, as well as special guests like Frankie Muniz, Ashanti, and Bow Wow. Nice. Was, was he Lil at that time? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I time frames. I don't know when he dropped the Lil. Um,
0: li- new cast members, including Lil JJ, <laughs> Kiana Underwood, and Denzel Whitaker also joined the show this season. I remember these cast members as well. Okay. Lil JJ? Maybe he took the Lil from Bow Wow.
1: Boo. <laughs> he inherited the title.
0: All that was officially canceled after the conclusion of season 10, after 171 episodes.
1: I mean, Nice. But its
0: legacy has continued to stretch far and wide with various media tie-ins, spin-off projects, and reunions.
1: Okay. Lay it on me.
0: Are you ready for this? Bum, bum, bump. 1996 saw the release of All That the Album, which featured dialogue from the show and various songs by musical guests like Faith Evans, Coolio, Brandy, and Naughty by Nature. Okay. It was like, how you got Naughty on By Nature on a children's television show? That's, I mean, that's they,
1: they just their their title or there's I mean, like it's naughty. Like I stole a cookie. You okay. can you can play that.
0: All right, all right.
1: Just make sure they were singing specific songs. That was the, uh, yeah. Um, in
0: 1998, Nickelodeon released a 112-page collector's book called "All That Fresh Out of the Box."
1: Okay, want that? Do you want that for your birthday?
0: I don't. <laughs> um, a nationwide summer tour called "All That Music and More" festival, hosted by the cast. And uh featuring various musical guests took place in two thousand one uh, took place in two thousand. Okay. Nickelodeon broadcast the highlights and events that happened during the entire festival as a TV special, which I'm pretty sure I also watched. This was back when like when any when there was a an all that anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you just watch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it that's whole, fair. It was
0: a whole event. Nineteen ninety six also saw the debut of two all that spinoff series. The animated sketch show Kablam. Oh, The Action League Now Mm
1: -hmm. sketch
0: with the action figures, that was on all that first.
1: I didn't realize that. I didn't
0: either. Learned that this week. Okay. And the live action sitcom, Keenan and Kel. Yes. Which I... Keenan and Kel was coming to an end as I started watching Nickelodeon. So that Mm -hmm. was my...
1: That was your inner. Yeah. Mm.
0: That was the era of Nickelodeon when I was coming in. Yeah. Okay. The tail end of that Keenan and Kel era. Uh, 1997 saw the release of Good Burger Based on the sketch of the same name Starring Thompson and Mitchell And various other members of the cast It was a feature length film
1: Don't watch it kids Don't do it
0: Other spinoff shows include 1999's The Amanda Show And 2002's The Nick Cannon Show Nick Cannon had a show? On Nickelodeon, yeah Was it like a
1: a show was scripted? I don't know
0: (laughs) I watched a lot of The Amanda Show I did not watch any of The Nick Cannon Show
1: Yeah Sorry Nick
0: uh, the first full cast All That reunion took place at Kamikaze in 2011. That's uh, Stan Stanley's convention
1: Yeah, here in been. LA.
0: A second, even bigger reunion took place at Kamikaze 2016.
1: No, I didn't go to that. We, we,
0: you and I were at uh, 2017,
1: 18? Yeah, and I think the one I had I, skipped the next one. So I I think the last time I went before that was 15, mm. maybe 14.
0: Uh, Nickelodeon hosted their own reunion special in 2016 featuring New three to four minute shorts with most of the original cast. Cool. Yep.
1: Were they funny?
0: I don't know. I didn't watch them. <laughs> and in 2018, Lori Beth Denver, Kel Mitchell, Josh Server, and Kenan Thompson appeared together on an episode of Nick Cannon's MTV series, Wild and Out. Oh, that yeah. W- that was a unofficial all that reunion.
1: Oh, a reunion. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I was like that. I wouldn't call that a spinoff. No,
0: no, it was a, it was a reunion. Got it. After Nickelodeon started re airing classic episodes of all that in 2011 as part of their The 90s are all that block. Mm -hmm. Um, Interest in a revival started to take shape at the network. And in 2019, all that returned with a brand new cast, including Ryan Alessi, Reese Caudell, Kate Godfrey, Gabriel Green, Nathan Janik, Lex Lumpkin, and Chingun Sergalin. I don't recognize any of those kids.
1: Me neither. What was that last name that you said? Chingun Sergalin. The last name was the one I was like, Sergalin.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kenan, Com- Kenan Thompson and Cal Mitchell are serving as executive producers of this revival, and the season has featured the return of Lori Beth Denberg, Josh Server, Elisa Reyes, Mark Saul, Jamie Lynn Spears, and Lisa Foyle. So, young Jamie Lynn is still on Nickelodeon.
1: Okay, well, I mean, I would watch a couple of those episodes, maybe, to see. I, I like saying that, I don't like. I don't like sketch comedy. I'd watch an episode just I'm to see what cause it I'm watching because I'm curious. Like. Yeah, I would watch, And then after like half an episode, I'd be like, this is not for me. Why'd I do this?
0: And this was fun. In celebration of the show's return on Nickelodeon, a Good Burger pop-up location opened to fans in Santa Monica, California.
1: Oh, that's cool. I was like,
0: we missed it.
1: Well, I can't eat beef, so.
0: <laughs> we could have gone to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger.
1: Can't I take, we'll just go to Monty's Good Burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, there is a Good Burger location here in our hometown. <laughs> They sell meatless burgers.
1: Meatless balls.
0: And that is all that. That is rounding out the rest of our show here. So what's next? Who won? Yeah. You won. I did win. Gargoyles, way better than all that. Um, I know we talked a lot about all that, but it was mostly just like, these things are noteworthy. They're not good.
1: No, yeah. Yeah.
0: Gargoyles is excellent. It from is. start. Yeah. From the start.
1: You are in it, and you're not annoyed that um, you have to watch three episodes.
0: <laughs> the writing's good. The animation's good. The, the like setup is good. Characters are good. It's it's wonderful. Wonderful. Beautiful.
1: All right. So I guess we can talk about Runners Up. Let's do it. So we uh, have a couple of the same Runners Up. Yeah. And then one different. So we both would have um, talked about Aladdin, the animated series.
0: Yep. I watched that on Saturday morning. That show, unlike Gargoyles... Air on the Disney Channel, so I, w- I was able to watch. Yeah. I was able to watch that one after school. Not gargoyles.
1: Yeah. you missed out. <sighs> and then we also both watched a lot of Sister Sister. I definitely watched more Sister Sister than I watched Aladdin.
0: I watched. I watched quite a bit of Sister Sister. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sister. Sister. I would have liked to talk. I mean, I'm glad we talked about um, gargoyles. I wish you had. Picked sister sister over all that.
0: All all that was just too too ubiquitous. I
1: know, but mm.
0: sister sister a good show. I remember it being good.
1: I've got my own pie. Those
0: Maoris, they were uh, they were a dynasty. <laughs>
1: they yeah, all of them. Um, and then for you, where we differ diff, differ, uh, you watched a lot of the Magic School Bus.
0: I did Magic School Bus. Like it was a, I had to do a little bit of research to decide. Like, was the Magic School Bus? Or all that. And, like, all that because there's just so many seasons and I watched it so consistently, like, that one won. But, yeah, yeah Magic School Bus was, like, we watched it at home, we watched it at school, read the books. We watched it on the bus. <laughs> I don't think... Wait, I, I never... Yeah, didn't watch it on the bus. But, yeah, the, the Magic School Bus... I, I, there were... We used to play Magic School Bus video games in class. Huh. Like, it was, like, an, a, a, an a activity. A learning thing, yeah. yeah. Hmm. It was a big deal. Anytime the teacher needed to teach us about a topic, but didn't want to teach that day throw in the magic school bus and they would teach about that topic nice bats and echolocation colors the body
1: <laughs> the body. dinosaur
0: dinosaurs
1: <laughs> it, was, it was all there they covered a lot um and then for me my last uh runner-up would have been alex Mack, which is a show you never knew about or nope, heard about never you to, also I, I... continually get it mixed up with andy mac
0: andy mac alex Mack. we need a crossover no <laughs> <laughs> who, who would win in a fight, Alex Mack or Andy Mack?
1: Andy Mack has has the power of being a young, angsty teen, while and- Alex Mack is um, a superhero.
0: So Alex Mack would destroy Andy Mack. She's
1: not a superhero. She's just a woman that turns into slime occasionally, like metallic slime.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I, I never watched Alex Mack. I think that show might have been ended by the time I was
1: joining yeah, the Nickelodeon family. Yeah, I can't, family. like, remember things about it i but i watch i remember watching a lot but i can't remember pop points or anything like that but yeah plugs time yeah
0: so if you like the show and you want to hear more you can subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast platform itunes spotify google apple said that already (laughs) any of them leave us a message leave us a review even leave us a comment review let us know how you like the show uh, you follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Media Made Show. We're Media Made Show on both those platforms. Yeah. Where we share things like polls and pictures and videos.
1: And today's lessons.
0: Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even parodies of the things we talk about. No. There are some parodies of like Growing Pains, for example. Uh, that's that's on the That's on the Twitter. If you like my voice, uh, I host a wrestling YouTube show called Keep Kayfabe. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. We talk about our uh, favorite wrestlers, professional wrestlers, their careers and characters. Um, I also write for a video game website called zeldadungeon.net. We talk all about The Legend of Zelda. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at RodTheMaster.
1: If you would like to follow me and you like the sound of my voice, I have a YouTube channel that I um, sometimes talk on and tell stories and do other stuff. I've been on a bit of a hiatus recently, which is recently as in the current time that we are recording this in whatever month we are in, July. But when this goes up, I may not be on a hiatus anymore. So check me out. Timmy Tales on YouTube.
0: Yeah. So as far as the end of the show goes, I had two choices. I could either close out with TLC's What About Your Friends, which was performed on the very first episode of uh, All That. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured since we came in with TLC's theme song for All That, we might as well end off our show today with DuBrat. Okay. So we're going to close out this episode with the 1994 single For All Y'all. I don't know if she's saying for all y'all or F all y'all. For. <laughs> for all y'all. Yeah, for all y'all. I will say, she performs that song on all that. There are various curse words in the song that are edited out, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, so that was another edgy thing that Nickelodeon was doing. They've got hip-hop with profanity. Profanity. I googled it. I was like, did did the PTC, the... Parental Television Council. Did they complain? I couldn't find evidence of it. So, <laughs> DeBrat flew under the radar. Good job. All right. So, yeah, that's f- all y'all. 1994. We'll see you guys next time with our movies of 1995.
1: Woohoo! Well, okay. Technically, we'll see you next time with the second annual Cuckoos.
0: Oh, that's... Yeah, that's right. So, we we the next official episode will be uh, our 1995 movies, but we have the return of the Media Made Awards. so we're,
1: Quantitative and Qualitative Awards. The, the QQs. Qui- the Quibbies,
0: <laughs> as I like to say. Um, <laughs> yes, so we'll be looking at the best and worst, 1990 to 1994. Look forward to that. Bye, everybody.
1: Night, kids.